everyone you got to pose in the matrix here today is what the 4th of may already 2020 and the uh the insanity continues folks it's uh it's uh it's a great big stupid world as randy stonehill once said and uh <clears throat> even though that song applies to back in the 1980s boy it's sure applicable now so um so we got uh let's see we got the trio here the famous trio uh Jim and Eric and me. Hi, guys. Hey, how you doing? Okay, Jim must have stepped away from the mic for a minute. Okay, yeah, we're we're doing good. Thank you, Eric. And um, uh, so we're going to continue the show from last week. Uh, last week was billed, uh, the show was billed as uh, same but opposite. But as we, we do a lot of times, we kind of get off on rabbit trails. But they're very important rabbit trails that we get off on. So... Um, I'm not going to knock the rabbit trails because we learned stuff during those. We, we traveled those things and, uh, and we, yeah, we took the red pills a long time ago. And, uh, so there, there are times when we kind of deviate off the path, but those deviations are always meant to be. So we're thankful for the Lord, to the Lord for those, uh, those deviations because sometimes they turn into really neat stuff. Most of the times they do actually. So, uh, anyway, again, tonight's going to be the same but opposite, uh, uh, what's it going to be like here in the future? <laughs> the future might be tomorrow for the way it looks, you know, but, um, anyway, uh, what's it going to be like? Is, uh, is, uh, Satan going to try to imitate, uh, the things of God is, uh, is, uh, it's going to be the same and opposite. Uh, he can use the same mechanisms with different characters, a whole bunch of things to think about. So, uh, guys, uh, let's, let's just jump right, jump right into it, Jim. Sorry. I can't talk today, <laughs> but <laughs> That's okay. But, uh, Jim, so uh, kind of run us through what we're going to start talking about tonight. Well, you know, the thing is, this is going to be like a think tank. So I hope a lot of people have called in and are there live um, so that we can have some input. I mean, you, you know, the, the idea is... Uh, in the uh, chat room? Yeah, in the chat room, yeah. Okay. Because um, the idea here is that this is going to be like a think tank. We're We're going to be... We want everybody's input, especially those that do have some kind of prophetic insight. Um, God's not a respecter of people, so that um, I'm saying in Amos 3, 7, where God guarantees he's not going to do anything or allow anything to happen until he speaks to his prophets right. so that they might know his plan. So uh-huh. that means that means that that applies for each one of us. Each one of us might have a dream or a vision or some element. But because we don't have a format to really uh, speak yet, in these days with the social formats, we got all kinds of places where we can share. But how many people actually believe the little everyday, you know, um, person that doesn't have a ministry, visible ministry, say like David Wilkerson or um, Kem Clement or uh, Mark Taylor? So the thing is that, that God has scattered his knowledge and awareness and abilities and revelations to all of us. So each one of us are on a potential equal ground. So mm-hmm. I like to hear from the everyday person to see what God has, you know, what little peace God has given them. So just from my own exposure, I'm not as 
you know, well known as Kim Clement or Mark Taylor or anything, but I do have a prophetic gifting and I am kind of into public. So I do get a lot of people that tell me, Jim, you know, I had this dream. What is, you know, what does that mean? What, what do you think about that and others? And I've seen how God has been speaking his plan through many, many voices, many different people. And so some of you tonight have some important pieces and this is your opportunity to maybe yeah. share and be a part of it. Yep. And it's not going to be just a night of total speculation. It'll be speculation, but when we can match it up or line it up to what the Word of God says, then we have something more than just a, an idea or a speculation. It can be brought into um, what the Scriptures might be you know, referring to. So that's part of what we're going to be discussing tonight, too, just to see what what is it going to look like. If Now, I, I know the Lord had told me that, that Satan was going to imitate everything in the same and opposite. So he'll... Right. He'll imitate the same things, but only in an opposite way, so that he can make good evil and evil good. And so this is his ultimate goal. So I'm thinking, how would that look? You know, I mean, there's a couple of things that I'm um, somewhat familiar with on one hand, but then on the other hand, guys, like I was sharing with you guys, I said, my gosh, you know, one thing I never thought of, I mean, I can see what the scriptures actually say about the two witnesses, but that means there's going to be a phony two witnesses. How would I, you know, it's funny, I never thought, who would that be? Now, I can see some of the other counterparts and how they fit in, but I never really had an understanding. Well, how about the two counterfeit? Who could they be? How would they appear? What would they look like? So that's some of the things that I'm kind of curious tonight, if we can see, you know, exactly who, what, or how that exactly shapes up. Um, you know, the Tim LaHaye Left Behind series has become almost at least in American culture, it's almost become doctrine. You know, I've actually had pastors tell me, well, I, you know, we, we believe in, in time-tested um, doctrines. Mm -hmm. Time-tested about something that hasn't happened yet? Are you kidding? Hello, McFly, anybody in there? Are you serious? I mean, you know, I mean, the word tells us, like he told, like the Lord told Daniel, shut up and seal up this stuff. It's not for now. And wait right. until the knowledge increases and, and, uh, People travel to and fro. Well, the traveling to and fro the, in the 70s, they interpreted that as, well, we can get off on a jet and we can go. No, I think they were talking about to and fro in a whole different way. Yeah. Satan said he came up from up and down to and fro, going in and out of time. We're talking about traveling time and manipulating time and, and the whole space-time uh, continuum. When you go back to the original language, it actually ver what's kind of sweet about it is it, it can verify it grammatically and, and uh, following all the proper methods of, um, of biblical interpretation or not. It uh -huh. could be or it couldn't be. I mean, so you're left, you know, okay, it could, well, it could be both ways. Well, contextual, that's why. You just let's wait and see. If all of a sudden it's being fulfilled literally in, in, in a way that nobody's ever seen before, then maybe that's the updated version. I mean, the way we thought of things uh, in the 70s, how the end time events would be and how they are now. My gosh, even me, five, uh, eight years ago, six years ago, totally different. Yeah. There's a lot of new things have happened. We've had a more of an awareness in our knowledge and understanding of, of different things. And it, it kind of rewrites some of that. So we did the best we could with what we had then. But as the knowledge increases, it changes things a little bit. Right, right. <laughs> Well, you know, Jim, when we were, when we were um, you know, back in the 70s, uh, this was before the Tim LaHaye series. And, and I think the people probably got the, uh, the information off of um, Hal Lindsey's book, Late Great Planet Earth. But there's a series called um, A Thief in the Night. 
Yeah, and I, remember. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, that was kind of like the left behind from back then. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know that that that's a kind of a an older um, thing. Tim LaHaye kind of punched it up a little bit, and then there was another one that came out too. Um, it, I don't really think it had a name or a, you know a moniker, but um, here's another one that ran alongside the Tim LaHaye series. You know, and uh, well, see, yeah, the thing is that that whole concept actually started back in. Uh, Oh, when was the Azusa Street uh, revival? Oh, so what, what was that? Yeah. yeah, okay. It started back then. But the American, for some reason, we had this Americanized version. So right. we had that Tim LaHaye concept well, going all the way back to Azusa Street. Now, the Azusa Street was awesome. I mean, it was like a Pentecostal awakening. Oh, my oh, yeah. gosh, it's still here for today. And so, I mean, it's a wonderful revival. But we were looking at it through an American lens, and somehow we felt that we were special. And so this, you know, um, everybody gets pooped away. Whoever's left behind, they didn't get it right. So now they're punished to suffer and be the uh, tribulation saints, which totally, you know, it's, I call it Swiss cheese theology. It's got so many holes in it. It doesn't even make sense. There's nothing any, but it's America's own vanity. Now updated, let's, let's go up to our day today. Um, I've been in the one church, C3, where we sent out missionaries all over the place. And you know what, the, what all the, uh, in Europe, in Asia, in the Middle East, um, Africa, everywhere. You know what the one thing they ask us not to mention? The rapture. Yeah. Exactly. Because uh-huh. it's an embarrassment to them. It's actually uh, rubbing. It's an insult. Salt. Yeah. It is. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's an insult because we have this vanity that somehow we're special and we're going to be caught up. And we're not going to have to go through any hardship or anything. We're going to we're just going to be taken away. Uh, now, it's granted, we're not appointed to the wrath of God. And I've got videos out and, and articles on my website. Geez, I've had for, you know, some of them go back like 30 years, you know. But, I mean, um, you know, it's no it's no big secret. I have never believed in a pre-tribulation rapture, at least based on the way it's been presented. On that model. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. It, you know, and... and well, when you and I got saved, um, there was only one model, and that was, you know, there's a pre-trib rapture, and, and uh, those that didn't uh, follow the Lord are left behind as punishment to become the tribulation saints. There was just nothing else taught. Uh-huh. But, but looking at that, I almost right away I go, that's just weird. Wait a minute, because you know why? Because I'm looking at it introspectively. I knew that I was going to be a tribulation saint. I knew it. Nobody could tell me I wasn't going to be. I knew right. it almost. Almost shortly after I got saved, I just, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and it started all of a sudden. My life all the way through made sense to me where it didn't make sense before. Now I remember dreams that I had even before I was a Christian, things that didn't make any sense. All of a sudden, a light bulb went on, and my gosh, I am wow! This is awesome. This is that's what that meant. I'm looking at it from a biblical perspective. So um, I'm sure that there are many, many others. Most of our audience, I'm sure. Um, you know, they, they fall into that same thing. So here's the problem. Nowadays, you get some people, they've had visions, they've heard the trumpet, they see themselves flying in the air, they know that they're, you know, they've been caught up in a rapture. Now, you can't convince them that they're wrong any more than you can convince the people that know they're going through the tribulation, and yet they know they didn't do anything wrong to be punished to go through. They uh-huh. know their whole lives have been preset for that. Right. So it's the same with the others. So what I show is how the Lord sat me down. I remember it kind of flipped you out when I told you this. <laughs> I said, no, no, no. 
No, Dave, believe me, it's not like anything we've been taught. No, I haven't changed over. I'm not a, you know, but the Lord had to sit me down and he explained to me how, Jim, there is a pre-tribulation rapture, but it's not like anything you've ever been taught. It's so different. Nobody's going to understand or know what's going on. Right. And and that's when he showed me. And so when I finally had a chance to run it by you and I, oh, okay, you really had me going it for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <And> I, no. <laughs> No, I could never accept what that was because it's not biblical. There's nothing right. in the scriptures to show, you know, some of the silliness there. So this kind of, it made all the sense. So, you know, as we have been, you know, going forward and, and everything, and I'm, I'm looking at how drastic, even uh, 2016, I made some videos. I had to redo the videos because what I conceived then and how much, when I became aware of uh, quantum physics and understood, you know, the mechanics and that and how it verifies almost everything we hold dear to our faith as a Christian is actually confirmed by it. Um, boy, it, it changed a lot. And then to yeah. see Trump on top of everything and addressing every doubt, every fear, every every little tiny thing to the point where, oh, my God, the dollar isn't going to crash. I got stuck with all this stupid mono funny monopoly. And, you know, I'm keeping all of it, guys, just in case, because the pendulum swings one way, and then it swings back the other way. This stuff might still be good on the last half of the tribulation, but on the first half, right. <laughs> monopoly money. Here, look exactly. at it. Let's put monopoly with it and jump. But it, yeah. may be worth, it may be worth something in the last half, because the scriptures say that there's a war that is, that is engaged, that the tribulation saints will overcome and have power over the beast. The beast meaning a beast nation that's that's that is uh, promoting all this deception. And it says that that it is given power to us to overcome the beast, and we do for the first three and a half years. Right. But then it says, then all of a sudden the power shifted, and now it is given to the beast to overcome us. And and even, you know, to have power to put us to death. But we overcome him by the word of our testimony, the blood of the lamb, and love not our lives even unto death. So it's, you know, okay, he can kill us, but you know what? You can't, we're in a win-win situation. We just go, we just graduated and went home to be with Jesus. You, you know, you're the losers. You don't win. We win. You lost. They actually give so, us a ticket home. <laughs> yeah, really. You know? it's, it's a graduation day, you know. But the, the wonderful thing about understanding that, though, is that, how come Christians are still fearful? How come they're, you know, with the corona disease? You know, oh, my gosh, it's really 5G that's causing it, not this and not that. And I don't care. Don't you guys get it? We're studying the effects and the efforts of losers. They don't win. Right. So let's study what they did so that we can find out how we did win. Because it's our personal involvement and what we did to stand in the gap that causes them to lose. So let's study this stuff, but let's not study it in fear. First, let's know God's plan. Once we know God's plan, then you're immovable. Then you know what his plan is. So you don't go to the YouTube and watch the latest, greatest uh, spin on what conspiracy is going on. My God, there are so many different conspiracies. Every day you can go there and, and check it out. Look at how we used to go in and check out the um, uh, Center for Disease Control. Yeah. And then we called, called them out that one time. And the very next day, they had it completely changed. All the information between the border towns of Mexico and the United States, the United States and Canada, all the information is wiped out completely. You can't find anything one way or another on it. Yeah, it's weird. Tell me that was a coincidence. Yeah. I don't think so. You know, it shows that every 
organization that we used to put our trust and faith in, even the news people, local news here. I've, I've known some of these people personally. They came and interviewed me at one time when I had the Christian bike ministry. These people aren't evil, weird, uh, you know, clothes, hooded people that are part of the Illuminati and, and everything. They have been in a corrupted system that they themselves are realized. They don't even realize that they're puppets for the New World Order. They're just right. told, oh, here's the latest from the news. And things had slowly digressed to the point where they don't even realize, I think, that they are a puppet. Yeah. Or if you see it, they now realize that, well, I got a job. I got it. You know, I, it's. You know, I got grandkids. I got everybody. I can't. I can't buck the system now. I have to just kind of go with it to keep everything. You know, to keep my family fed, to keep everybody employed. You know, sure. whatever. It, that's just a slippery slope. So, it's not like a lot of these people are evil, nefarious people. They're just as deceived and duped as we all have been. They just haven't taken the. Uh, they haven't taken the red pill to find out what reality is yet. They're still living in La La Land in the blue pill zone. Yeah, that's right. So, that's right. So it's, you, you just can't trust. I mean, look, who would think that the Red Cross would actually be personally involved in making sure that um, uh, aborted fetuses automatically disappear within hours? Yeah. They're transferred over to the elites. Yeah, to the elites to use them in their little formula their ungodly formula for a pizza party yeah i mean i remember when i first had uh transformation of america the book yeah so i saw it i put it down and discussed i thought this is wacko this is nuts this doesn't even make any sense yeah i know it did the same this is just crazy and yet you can't in time what happened i remember oh my god you know that book now i think i even told you that one time i said you remember that book i told you about that i thought was so crazy now it's starting to make sense. My God, I think it's true. Well, I had the copy of the book, so I dug it up. I mean, you know, I mean, literally, I got a library, so you dig through everything to find it. I found it, and I'm going, my God, this is real. Yeah. She's yeah. poor woman. Here, I wrote her off, and this poor woman was trying to describe to her what had happened to her personally, and then what, you know, what was really going on. Russ Jezdar, we tried so many times to get him on uh, our program, and it seemed like we never got together. That was a God thing. It was keeping me away from him because I didn't understand his ministry at the time. Now I do. Right. So I hope get you know, maybe get a hold of him sometime. It'd be pretty interesting to have him come on a Oh for sure. He's, but uh we need to you know let's let's go a little bit more into that and describe Kathy O'Brien because uh she uh that's her name uh, with a C Kathy O'Brien B R O uh comma or apostrophe B R I E N and um, she's the one who wrote Transformation of America. And if you're looking for it, folks, it's trance, like T-R-A-N-C-E, Formation yeah. of America. And I'm telling you, you read that book, you're going to put it down. And, and part of you might say, like Jim said, part of you might say, well, no, this this is too, fan- what is it, fantasiful or something like that to be true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, this, and, you know, the fact that she's naming out names, you know, of high-profile people that are still alive, <laughs> you know. It's amazing. I don't know if you heard it, by the way, real quick, that one of the investigators, again, into the Clinton um, probe um, was found dead. So uh, uh, I'm just saying that because I'm surprised that she's still around, you know, uh, after all that she's exposed. But I think that a lot of a lot of them uh, expect us to think it's so fanciful or, um, you know, so fantastic, the claims that uh, we won't believe it. Well, I got newsflash for you, you uh, new agers and you elitists. You know, I believe it. Um, just the fact that uh, when uh, a couple of weeks ago, when uh, 
all this was going down, uh, they, they were finding or they were going in actually and, and rescuing all these people that had been abducted and, um, and used for sex slaves and, uh, and used for, uh, body parts and, and their blood. They were exsanguinated and, um, you know, and those were all rescued. Explosions under New York. New York has no fault lines on Earth. There's no seismographic anything in New York. Right. And yet people were, you know, feeling the tremors and uh, it registered, I think, on a Richter scale, something like two something on an earthquake. That's a little tiny thing. But on an area that's completely dead from uh, from any kind of activity like that and here people are hearing and feeling explosions. I mean, uh, that's not an earthquake. That's not seismic activity. There's a war going on. And then you know, you find out that, that they're rescuing all these children that had lived, some of them, second, third generation abductions. They've lived never on the surface. They've always lived in caves all their lives. I mean, right. that that is a horror that is hard to even imagine anything like that could happen. Mm-hmm. And then the way they're evacuating them, they're evacuating them without even having all the escort, heavily guarded escorts, because they're evacuating them as if they're retreating now. Well, we're not needed in New York now, so we're going down to North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how slick is that, man? They're they're already evacuating these people to safety by doing it in a way that they don't have to heavily guard it because right. the word had gotten out, and that's why they all of a sudden had uh, um, what uh, battle cruisers and these other things that are smaller, uh, kind of like a PT boat, but they're bigger than that. They're the more updated versions with uh, you know missiles and like rockets cruisers, and all. yeah, yeah, like cruisers, yeah. So uh, they didn't even need all of them. They they, they needed them because they were aware that, oh, my gosh, you know, that uh, they were saying it was drug gang activity. And some of it might be, but most of it was all about who was it being escorted down to Gitmo. Right. And right. Uh, <clears throat> uh, it's just. Well, with any, with any luck, then, those people will be dispatched really quickly in Gitmo uh, and, to make room and, for the next wave. And, you know, the whole reason why uh, Trump started this space uh united states space force it wasn't to keep aliens from coming to the earth he knows you know he knows about the fallen angels and stuff he knows there are no aliens coming over you know what is coming over the colonies that we have all over the flipping universe uh well even in our solar system right there's elite that are trying to evacuate and getting off this planet that want to get over to our colonies that exist already that they've been a part of Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to adjust themselves before the, this tribulation they know is about to happen. And some of them are trying to get home. Some of them are trying to get, you know, back out. So this war of clearing the, um, the swamp is intergalactic. I can't even begin to imagine. I mean, he'd have his hands tied just trying to deal with, with all of the elite on the earth. But when it's literally the four corners of everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's a whole, I mean, you know, you're fighting space, time. You're fighting a battle like people, you know, like you and me and normal people couldn't even begin to wrap our heads around. I mean, remember when we did the show about the secret space program? I mean, that was the most ridiculous. For somebody who's dealt with the last 24 years with with my 24-7 normal is everybody's worst nightmare. It is the craziest, the nuttiest, the wackiest. And so when I say something is too wacky to be believable it must really be wacky um and yet it was one of our biggest programs we ever had right um well doesn't the scriptures doesn't the scriptures say that uh, babylon will make its nest among the stars 
Exactly. In Amos, it says that, that right. uh, Babylon would make its nest amongst the stars. Now, when you look at the Hebrew to see what the wording exactly means, it literally means that they are occupying a colonization extraterrestrial outside of this planet. They're mm -hmm. colonizing other planets, other right. places. Right. Well, it says what it means and means what it says. There's no way to make that a metaphor or anything. That is literally what is going on in the original language. Of course, translators did the best they had, they could with what they had, and they didn't understand what that really meant back in the day, especially when they're looking at it, believing that there's a vault, which means a um, dome over a flat earth, because they're... In their minds, the earth was flat. It was just nothing else but that. So a vault was just something of a, a dome that covered um, the stars and everything were inside this dome. So there was no real second outer space domain. Uh -huh. Well, a vault, if I, put, if, I put my, if I go to a bank and I say I want a, a, a bank vault to put my personal belongings in, what do I get? I get a box, and that box has got height, length, width, and depth. And I put it in, it surrounds it completely. And then they put it in a bigger safe, and it's in a vault. It's in a, so the Hebrew word is the same thing. It's a matter of perception. So to get this idea that it's this flat earth thing, and we all live on a giant margarita dish because there's a wall of ice keeping the edge from the water floating off into space. So, I mean, you know, it's like, seriously? Okay, so we have lots of legends and myths of this ice wall that people, explorers have ultimately contacted and and no the fact is we haven't got any one myth about anything like that because it doesn't exist we're looking at we're looking at uh um we're a bunch of cavemen looking at the monolith trying to make sense of it and, and it's way above and beyond anything that we can comprehend that's the way that the writers of the bible were in their worldview they had no comprehension of the things that we now understand so they were just merely they didn't misinterpret it they were accurate true to what the word said they just had it misinterpreted in the way it came out in their own minds. So the words haven't been changed or anything. You know, and I've said this before so many times. The thing is that they read um, left to right, we read right to left. So everything they do is backwards from the way we comprehend things. So even when you're studying a Bible, you can't look up a, a lexicon or an interlinear and think you're going to get the same understanding from English as we do from Hebrew because it's all backwards, completely right. backwards. So... If you're thorough and study all the words, then in Isaiah where it says that, see, it's it's uh, fixed and immovable, then you would realize, okay, keep reading down and you'll find out what's fixed and immovable. Here it is, it's a noun, but it's going to be used as an ad, uh, an adverb or, or uh, a verb a little bit later, the same words in a different use. And there it is, what's fixed and immovable? A rotation and an orbit is fixed and immovable. So how do you begin to, you know, try to talk to a flat earther? How do you begin to tell them in one statement what's taken research of maybe a lifetime to understand? It's like, you know what? You are so left behind. I don't even know where to begin to talk to you without sounding condescending. I can't put in a paragraph something that you want as an instant answer. I can't do it. Well, Frank, so, frankly, I found it, it's, it's, it was easier to potty train my dog. <laughs> to, and I don't want to make that sound like a a slight, you know, but, you know, a, a dog will put its trust in you and listen to you and then finally get it, you know, but when people have a, a, 
when they're sentient when they can think of things you know and they're able to to make deductions and things which animals can't and you still have to, you still can't convince them when you're using all the logic in the world well a lot of it because they come in with preconceived notions you yes know? and they won't and, let go and they're not inflexible to letting that go yeah well it's it's the same with um and I don't want to upset anybody here so please don't get upset with me folks but um, it's like I've had a lot of people that were, were raised Catholic, you know, Roman Catholic, and even even Eastern Orthodox fall into this too, uh, this category. I mean, and uh, yes, people get born again and it's wonderful, but there are just some things that people cannot let go of, you know, and it's it's just amazing, you know, that um, that you know, and, and I'm not saying that it's impossible or anything, but. Um, and being indoctrinated all those years in a certain way, you know, it's kind of hard to, to leave those things. Thank you. And um, so it's I, I can kind of understand it a little bit, you know, dealing at it, looking at it from that kind of perspective. But a, another thing you got to look at, though, is that with with the flat earth, and I know I'm kind of getting off the subject and I'm sorry, but uh, is that. It's people haven't really grown up with the idea. It's something that's coming to them recently, and they believe it because people that are more knowledgeable than them believe it, you know. And um, right. and it's it's funny to watch them argue. Like I've watched them argue with Mike Kaiser about the wording, mm. and you know, and they'll try to impress oh. Mike Kaiser, and then all of a sudden Mike Kaiser will hit him with you know like a one-two punch with the wording. And it's like, and instead of accepting it because it's a blatant fact, they'll look at them and go, well, you're stupid, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you, I got a, a perfect example of that. It just, it blows my mind. It's like, here's one of the top five experts in the ancient languages, and you dare, you dare to challenge him as if he's some kid, stupid kid in a chat room? Exactly. What is the matter with you? I mean, there's a guy. And he loves the Lord. And this guy is a generous man. He is, I mean, and, you know, I, I admire him in many ways. He's very kind. He's very generous. God has blessed him with uh, uh, making a tremendous amount of money. And he's very generous with that money. Um, he's part of Peacemakers. Um, man, he's made things happen when nobody else could, you know, just by his, his contributions. But he isn't one that just throws money at something. He personally gets involved, too. Now, the thing is, this man is a pilot who is just, I mean, a super pilot. But not only is he a super pilot, he's also a mechanic. This guy can take and make parts for a plane that's, you know, maybe a rare plane that he has got as a project, a pet project, he'll make it. And what he doesn't, um, can't make, he'll have made. And he'll he'll work on the thing and make it a reality. So this guy's a super whiz when it comes to aviation. Right. When it comes to aviation, he's the best of the best in both you know worlds, in, in mechanics and in being a pilot. So for me to come by and look at his pilot's manual and read the introduction and then look at uh, a mechanics thing and read maybe the first couple chapters to get a basic gist of ideas. And then for me to tell him, well, you know, um, Ron, I think, you know, you, you've got a good idea here, but... Um, I read in his book, and let me tell you what the way I see it. Mm-hmm. I'll make myself look like a donkey. Right? That's a good analogy. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's exactly what I'm going to do. It's like, you know, you goof, you read a couple of things, and you're going to tell this man who's an expert at doing this for the right. last 35, 40 years of his life. What are you, nuts? Mm-hmm. So, reverse it now. I 
have a history of the proper mentorship. I I've got I went to I actually went to Bible college and learned all kinds of really cool stuff of rules of engagement of do and don'ts. I've also been blessed with able to understand partis what every Hebrew scholar um, or rabbinical student knows as the way the Jews wrote the Bible. It's kind of right. important to know how they wrote it in order to understand the richness of what you can get out of it. But it's not taught in the in the West at all. Nothing at all. So so then for an expert mechanic and pilot to tell me I don't need to go that deep. I have the King James version that's good enough for me. And you're wrong. The hollow time travel can't exist and the hollow the earth is not hollow. It can't be hollow. Well here's all the scriptures that tell tell you that it can be. Right. No, I'm uh, and he and he refuses to look at him. He refuses to look at it. Um he knows better than me. It's like Ron Please don't say anything more. You're making yourself look like a jackass. Right. Who the right. heck do you think you are? Who's got, God doesn't have your back. Now, at one time, I was able to overlook all of that stuff. It didn't matter. This man's a, a, a wonderful man of God. He just doesn't get it because he's probably, he's in an area of willful ignorance. He wants to stay ignorant because he doesn't want to have to be accountable that this stuff is real because it shakes up his world too much. His world sure. is nice and and comfortable right the way it is. So I get it, and I don't take offense. But now it's like I have to play more hardball with them. Ron, you're not allowed to tip the apple cart or come in here and act like an expert on something you don't know what you're talking about. I let it go in the past because it wasn't significant. You know what? Now we're talking life and death with people. How dare you call me on this when you're the donkey? Quit being a donkey because now you're leading other people into a path of potential oblivion, and I'm not going to settle for it. I have to play hardball now. Right. If you're going to publicly right. humiliate me, I'm publicly going to put it back on you. Not that I'm looking for revenge, but because I am in a uh, shepherd mode now. I am in a pastoral mode. Don't destroy the flock. Don't keep them blind from something that, that they need to be aware of. Right. You're not going to do this anymore. I'm going to face you off. I'm going to, you know, some people say you're going to, you're just looking for revenge. No, I'm not looking for revenge. I'm in mama bear mode. I'm the, the pastoral one. I'm protecting my flock from somebody who's trying to keep them ignorant and stupid. And I don't, it's, it's not a time of ignorance and stupidity. This is a time to be aware of what's going on. And it's a separation of wheat and uh, tares from yeah. uh, sheep and goats. And, you know, and God is calling some out. Um, and this is, it's a hard thing to take a stand on. You're not going to be very popular. And, uh, you know, this is where, who do we represent? And if we're born again, filled with the spirit of God, who do we represent? We're not representing a conservative right-wing group. We are supposed to be ambassadors to Christ. We represent the kingdom of God. We stay out. I mean, it's we got to examine politics because the politics affect us in our everyday life. It just sure. it does. That's the way it will. But we don't side with politics. Politics is transitory. It's temporal. It's it's unstable. Yeah. It's unreliable. It's the best efforts of man to try to perceive God from our own earthly perspectives. And it's unstable. We need to study it because it affects our lives. But we're studying it so that we can see what the enemy's doing, how he's putting a spin on things left wing and right wing this right. is where so many christians are being shipwrecked and sidewrecked right now because they're playing they're still playing politics yeah i mean just think back before trump became president ted cruz 
was one who was bashing Trump as much as he possibly could. Now Ted Cruz is, you know, he's Republican, so he's conservative, so he's going to stay on the side of Republicans. By golly, uh, you know, that's the way it is. But I remember him when he was running, when Trump was running for president. He's trying to bash him every minute he could. Oh, yeah, definitely. Belittle. Well, you got to look at, you got to look at a, uh, on when you're going on a YouTube video. What is this person? What is their history? Who are they attached to? Who are they uh, associated with? And what is their past? What does their past say about them? Do they have an agenda? Are they representing someone else? Are they just putting a spin on things? I mean, what's their history? I want to know who's telling me what. What is their history? These are things that we need to analyze in everything, whether it be an organization, whether it be an individual, um, because you're going to be shocked. That's what I did with, with the whole idea of the flat earth thing. I come to find out that most most of the people that are promoting the high profile ones that get all the top ranking listings in the, the um, uh, search engines and everything are um, Islamic clerics pretending to be Christians. Yep, exactly. Why? Because this is part of what they call cultural jihad. They are transforming the minds of the host um, nation to deny their own accomplishments, to deny their own science, to deny their own Bible. And so it started with a geocentric Earth. It started, uh, next step was the flat Earth. And then the next step was uh, NASA is all lying to us. None of this stuff is real because there is no space. So it denies our technology and our um, um the science that we have developed to the right. point where they're all associated with the Mandela effect, where it denies our very Bible as being altered and changed by people manipulating space time. No, it is not. It's not. Mm-hmm. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3.14, just above 3.15, the Twilight Zone scripture that I always quote, um, that everything that was and everything that will be has already been, and God requires an account of which is past. I'm grossly, you know, paraphrasing it, but the, and the one up above that, it says that He has made everything perfect in His time, so that no man can change what God has set down. No man can change what God has set down. Right. And again, it goes back to His plan. What is His plan? He's won, they lose. We're studying the effect of losers; they don't win. So we study that to find out how our involvement made them lose. They don't win. So what are we getting all upset for? Because we're not representing the kingdom of heaven. You're still playing politics. All those people uh, that went out to Lansing, you know, and and literally shut down and caused a lot of first responders to take away from the important things that they were doing so they could go in. uh, And they go into the Lansing um, um, state capitol, open carrying guns, carrying um, stars and bars, you know, um, Confederate oh, flags. Confederate flag, now, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. You're doing this, what? Because you're playing politics. You're not representing Jesus. Would Jesus come in there and do that? No. Why are you, during a pandemic, where they're saying, stay inside and let's just, you know, let's respect, um, you know, keeping distance and everything and, so that we don't have a second wave attack. So what are you doing? Here's the conservatives outside protesting their rights to, um, to be able to go and, and play golf or do whatever you want to do in, you know, in a day like, yeah, okay, so the conservatives out there exposing himself, do you ever wonder that maybe you're being used to jump by the New World Order? Yeah. That, you know, they're, now you've made it so that you're a lefty if you stay inside and, and have uh, keep your distance, and you're a righty if you're outside de- demanding your rights. Mm-hmm. They, could just, they just got all the conservatives to go outside and breathe and inhale and ignore all of the warnings so that, what, you can be part of the second wave? Yeah. You're not case. You're gonna. You got all the conservatives dying. 
they died in the second wave. They're playing both the ends against the center. Yeah. Bingo. Exactly. Yeah. And we and if you are going to play politics and you're going to represent a conservative right wing as opposed to the left wing, you're still hung up with the swamp. Swamp yeah. people are everywhere. They're in the left or in the right. And when you represent the kingdom of God, you can see how the corruption is in both sides. If you're playing politics, you're going to be blind to the other side. Now, sure. if those Republicans that were sitting there demanding their equal rights, if they had a Republican uh, governor, they're not going to protest. They're going to be behind him 100% of the way. Mm-hmm. But because it's an evil, wicked Democrat from hell, and all Democrats are from hell, so we have to we got an opportunity to get on this person. Let's dump on her and an attacker unrelentlessly. Let's just attack her. Um, And that's what they're doing. In essence, what the, what the right is doing is they're doing the same, but opposite as the left. (laughs) So didn't, didn't your mama always tell you that two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. She also told me that if everybody else wanted to jump off the Brooklyn bridge, (laughs) ask me if I did too, you know? So, (laughs) So what the heck, man? You know, here you are. You're you're playing politics. Yeah. You're duped in it because you're not representing the kingdom of heaven. You're representing the um, the radical right that wants to, you know, stick it back to the um, to the left. Yeah. Well, then you you're you're no different than them. I, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many different conservative um, news sources that I've used for the past uh, better than 15 years. Uh, some of them I've really enjoyed. Now it grieves me to even hear them because they're doing the same cheap shots. Yeah, they're, they are. They're doing to cause us to fear or ang- get angry at the left. Mm-hmm. Jesus never did it that way. Yeah. He never politics. Yeah. I mean, he knew, you know, you don't, man, we're, you don't take on the enemy's tactics to fight the tac- to fight the enemy. Oh. It's no different than um, some of these churches bringing in secular music in order to draw a crowd. You know, or something like that. It's, uh, but you know, I got a question for you, Jim, and I, I wondered if you th- you thought about this. And knowing you, I'm sure you have. But um, now, when they, we talk about same but opposite, let's just say with the whole rapture scenario and everything, uh, do you think that they're going to do the same, but or that that devil is going to do the same but opposite in regard to scripture or in regard to, let's say, what Tim LaHaye? And others have fostered to be a, a rapture scenario and and a, well, and a last time uh, you know last time events. Well, here's the thing. I I think that we have grown to expect a biblical ish chain of events to happen. I mean, uh-huh. when Nicolas Cage when Nicolas Cage played in that one movie, Left Behind, and so the whole thing was kind of biblical ish, but certainly not supported by scripture. But right. everybody got a biblical-ish concept. I mean, with Nicolas Cage playing it, I mean, there's movies. I just watched the movie because he's in it. Um, uh, what's the one? Um, oh, gosh. Now I forgot his name. Um, it's literally on the other color spectrum. It's uh, the one black guy. Every movie he's in, I want to watch it. Um, same with The Rock. Any movie that he's in, I, I want to watch it. Just because I like the guy as an actor. So, yeah. Um, so, oh, 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 on the tip of my tongue, I'll remember it at 4 o'clock in the morning when it no longer matters. But uh, well, I don't know. There's so many Denzel, good actors. Denzel, Denzel Washington. Denzel anything Washington. Denzel, yeah. anything Denzel Washington, I want to watch it. He's just right. an awesome actor. Right. So, so, I mean, so that casuality explains, you know, an attraction. So, so anything that um, um, Bruce Willis is another one. I, you know, I, I like him, but. So anything with Nicolas Cage, I really like him as an actor too. So anything that he watches, I'm 
it is on. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, so sure. So I'm looking at the movie, and I can see how now the whole general audience before a rapture was something that only church people or people that went to an evangelical church was aware of or knew. Now the whole world knows a biblical-ish rapture. They were right. all familiar with it now. Um, so we've learned from um, the thing that Tom Hanks played in, um, the uh, Da Vinci Code. We learned that people are not detail-oriented. If it's biblical-ish sounding, it's good enough. So that the, right. the Da Vinci Code took on a life of its own. Then we had angels and demons. We had a follow-up. And the next thing you know, this thing's got, they got study guides to show you, uh, uh, teach you the in-depth uh, hidden meanings of the Da Vinci Code and what it really, it was a stupid science fiction movie. It had nothing to do with reality whatsoever. You but even now said it right in the beginning. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it, so it's like, this is where we have been conditioned and developed toward. And so because of it, yeah, I think that that scenario it's unfounded. It has no backed on scripture so that that whole concept, that Americanization concept of a pre-tribulation rapture is something that, that Satan's sitting there going, oh, is that what you guys want? You you, you really want that? <laughs> okay. He said, a clapping his hands. And guess what? I'm going to make it happen. But the only thing is I'm turning the tables. It's going to happen to you. You're the yeah. idiots that got left behind because you have it right. And so everything that happens there is going to happen to you. So, ooh. Yeah. What about... And I have this. Now, I think we maybe discussed it here on the program one time. I heard, as if I was listening to a radio broadcast, I heard, we interrupt this program to bring you an emergency announcement. Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States, is dead. I repeat, Donald Trump was assassinated today. Mm-hmm. And and the 45th president is dead or something like that. I heard it as if I was hearing a, an emergency radio broadcast. Right. Now, look at the Tim LaHaye same but opposite pattern. You know, I don't know whether you know this or not. There's been about 30 attempts on his life. Yeah, if that, and it might even be more that we don't probably know. More. Yeah. And the thing is that he's got to be very careful. Now, I heard something today, and it blew my mind. He said something to the effect that, well, you know, they're they're going to probably develop pretty soon a, a vaccination. No, right. I know, I know that he would never promote a vaccination. Two right. things that I never do, and I know that Trump has to be cautious, but I think he's seen past this. He knows that as soon as the warm weather comes, this thing's going to be a, 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 a done over dead right. issue. Right. There's... There's enough now, the resources are there and everything, that that um, we have several methods that work with instant curing. One of them being if you've had this coronavirus and the, the uh, COVID-19, yeah. yeah, the blood plasma the transfusions, one person can heal 40 people with right. one transfusion. So I know as soon as I bust loose here, I don't know what I had, but I've had it twice. And I yeah. think it was two different things. And I've recovered. The last time I just overcame it um, in isolation here, and it was probably a month ago, I finally got over it completely. But um, I know I had, you know, whatever I had, however I had it, I, 5G, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's still a virus. And I overcame it twice. So right. in my mind, I'm probably immune now. And I probably got an antibody in my blood that can heal people. As soon as I get out of here and make an appointment with my doctor, I'll have it verified. But I already know by the amount of energy I have, I know that 
Um, I no longer have arterial sclerosis. I no longer have a heart condition. I quit taking my medication three months ago, and I feel the best I've ever felt in years. Great. I I am I've been healed. The next thing I'm getting off is um, uh, the type two diabetes. I don't have it anymore. I'm not confessing that I have it anymore. I'm being healed. Right. Um, Right. And this is just something that, as a man thinketh, so is he. So I gauge it. I mean, there's some people I won't let come up into my place. Because I know their faith is wavering, and I don't want to see them get ill. There's other people, hey, come on up, man. You know, and I'm sitting there, I'm hugging them, patting them and everything. You know, because we can walk in faith and have that kind of faith. We know that nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Well, when I asked you that question, Jim, I was wondering, um, uh, do you think that so many people have molded their, their way of thinking of how they think it's going to happen because of what they've read. Do you think that that's it, that the devil is actually going to be able to use that in order to, to do what he wants to? And basically, though, they wouldn't even see it. Or they, I'm afraid. They, I'm afraid you're right. You know, the thing that I'm really concerned with um, is fundamentalists. Now, I come from a fundamentalist background. I was a fundamentalist, and they always still told us that no matter what you experience, it has to be go back to book, chapter, text, and verse in the Bible. There's right. your there's your um, confirmation. No matter what you have, it has to go back to the Word. Well, you know, it was on that standard that when I started studying the Bible in depth, I realized, oh, my God, the gifts are still here for today. It doesn't make sense that they would ever go away. Just, right. that, that's not even logical. It's not even biblical. Uh-huh. Wow, they're still here today. That's awesome. And I've known that for 40-some years. Um, right. My gosh, when I first learned that, you know, deliverance, now, wouldn't you think that that uh, the study of extracting demons out of people would be one of the most important things that every Bible college should be teaching everybody? Well, yeah, you think so. Yeah, you would think, but it's not taught anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's not taught anywhere. Almost all of us, maybe the first person that we've had, and it seems like most of us have, was uh, Derek Prince. Now, I don't agree with all of Derek Prince's theology, but Derek Prince has the basic mechanics for um, for coming against the powers of darkness. Uh, he's got the primer, the basic how-to. Uh, exorcism for dummies book you might say and most of us have encountered that and had at least given us a basic skeletal framework to work with but we've all had to come separate individually on our own to kind of schlep our way through to find out what it is because it's not taught by anyone so we have to be taught by trial and error you know from the Lord and of all things where I first got the most important second depth to why you don't have to have a a blood-drenched, you know, pleading the blood of Jesus for two hours, sweat-drenched, you know, commanding the things out. You can make it a hop, skip, and a jump if you understand that sometimes they don't come out because you need to be healed from hurts that allow these things to come in the first place. So that's where, of all things, I went to a Catholic charismatic uh, renewal seminar on inner healing. And this goes back to teachings from the first century church that was lost in the process as it was taken under the control of... Um, the, the not-so-holy Roman Empire, Catholicism. But within Catholicism was a faithful remnant that stayed true and followed the original teachings as outlined and, and given by the um, first-century disciples, followers of Christ. So this is what I learned from them. And I learned it right as a new pastor in a ministry working with cross-addictions in a hedonistic society of sex, drugs, rock and roll. I mean, that was what the biker lifestyle was all about. I needed to know how to engage um inner healing so that the, the um, casting out of demons would be a rather easy process. 
I learned that of all things from a Catholic church. Now, man, you talk to some people and say, oh, that, no way, that it's all here. See, they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You've got to be able to look at it from what's truly what the scriptures say and let it line up and don't, you kind of ignore the messenger and listen to the message. So even though the messenger is wearing, you know, Catholic robes and everything, doesn't mean that everything they have is garbage. It means there's a faithful remnant that has a teaching that we need to glean if we keep our heart and our minds open to what truth is, regardless of the messenger that's giving us the truth. Exactly. Um, and so it was from there that right at an early age, I have been using what now is more modernly refined. It's called theophastic healing. And it's a, it's taking that inner healing, having it better well-defined and addressing it in, in a different terminology. But it's been very effective. It's what I do. It's what I help teach you to do. Um, my God, there's only four or five of us on the whole planet that is doing it from a biblical perspective the way, you know, that we have done. And that's, I guess, what has made it us as a radio program for all these years to be able to go one step more to show people uh, the next step, which is personal involvement in the actual bringing the kingdom of God to people through the working of, you know, in, in our case, it was counseling through the termination of abductions, um, which is something that no one else was able to do, not because they can't. They just were never instructed that far. And uh, because I'm a biker welder from Detroit and not really, you know, I mean, I've got a little bit of Bible college, but I don't even have a degree in, in it or anything. Um, I guess that makes me obscure and foolish. And so nobody would quote me. Nobody was really ready to jump on board. And, hey, this biker welder from Detroit taught me how to do this, this and this. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, I don't have the credentials. I don't have any more credentials than what uh, John the Baptist had when he was uh, the voice in the wilderness preaching the gospel. And and what did Jesus say? He, he told the disciples when, when uh, people had come up to him and said, hey, is, what's, is this John? Is he somehow Elijah? I mean, you know, that's not who we were expecting. We were expecting Jeremiah or, or you know, one of the old prophets or somebody to, to come or Elijah himself. Um, how come? I mean, what's up with this guy? What, one in one gospel, there was two gospels. One was in Luke, who was a Greek historian, and the other one was um, Matthew, who was a Hebrew um, that was aware of the, meant all the Messianic scriptures and, and what was important you know, to the Hebraic mind. So you had two gospel stories telling the same account. They're like transparency overlays that give you a full story. And in Luke's account, he says, um, well, when, when you heard about one who would prepare the way of the Lord. You know I'm the Lord. So who were you expecting? You were expecting somebody coming from a palace dressed in fine raiment. And who did you find? You found a voice of one crying in the wilderness, eating locusts and uh, honey out on in the desert. Uh, a hoary a hoary man says hoary h h o a r y. And I look it up, and it's it's a rough. You know, it's like a um, the lowest of low levels of um, society, culture, uh, cultural society. Uh, the nomadic tribes could not grow their own food because they didn't stay in one place long enough to do anything, so they had to eat off the land. When you're living in a desert, you don't have a lot of land to have a lot of stuff to be able to eat anything. So the only thing you can do is catch a grasshopper and coat them in honey and roast it up and eat it. That's what nomads did. Yeah. Lowest, lowest cultural level of society, the dregs of society, you might say, and so how did God choose to um, 
reveal himself through the dregs of society, the obscure, the the ones that would be overlooked. Is you know, is there anything significant that can come from this group? Not really. Well, that's the way God chose. He it chose. It took delight to use the things of no effect to make no effect the things that were, uh, the despised things. You know, to um, to show that it the it's the power of God and not the individual. So, well, the scripture never... says the scripture says that uh, he uses the fool that thinks that the world sees is foolish to confound the wise. Exactly. So, so when you know putting it in modern in modern states. I love it, man. It's so cool. Who would be the lowest dregs of society in the eyes of society, anyway? Uh, what would be one of the lowest level of cultures or cultural society in our society? I, I don't know. Maybe a biker or something. <laughs> hey, you know what? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, well, I should apologize. I shouldn't laugh about that, really, uh, no, because no, like no. you've you, you've mentioned in your previous shows, you know what what bikers really used to be in, in America and what they are now are, is a huge contrast, you know? Oh my gosh. But see that, that's the beauty of it all. It's just the same principles being replayed in modern society. And we don't see it for what it is. We're not making a connection. My God, you're expecting Enoch and Elijah coming two fire breathing human cannons that are having, you know, somehow fire is coming out of their mouth and they're destroying their enemies and human flamethrowers. And they're wearing Gandalf-type robes, and they got a the staff, like, you know, with a crystal ball with lightning coming out of it and everything. And it's just, man, you don't see it. Well, that would be pretty but sweet, though. You're looking, you're looking for that, and guess what you're going to probably get? A couple of bikers from Detroit. You've got a bunch of goofs. Because, I mean, that's just God's, that's God's sense of humor. And it's just playing the same system all the way through. In modern days, we don't understand it because we don't understand what – it was to be a nomadic tribe in that world of that day, especially when, you know, you're a person like Paul. My goodness. He had a um, he was part of the he was a teacher of the Sanhedrin, which means his generations had to go back seven generations as proof of blood purity of his blood being untainted from from uh, Gentile blood. He had to be of a blood, a Hebraic bloodline pure for seven generations. Gee, who took on that same standard? Oh, I know, it was the SS. Hmm, isn't that interesting? They had to be, to be in the SS, you had to have a bloodline proof of uh, pure Aryan blood untainted for seven years. Same but opposite. Oh, it's just, it's amazing how these little tidbits of, uh, uh, and, and part of that they gleaned from the Holy Roman Empire, the Jesuit priest order. That's where Himmler copied that. And what he was actually copying was the paganistic beliefs going back to, you know, that to the um, the Hebrew roots of it all. Right. Um, so, you know, it's the same thing. So that the, the same kind of a situation um, that's existing now. Now, here here was Paul. He he was a teacher of the Sanhedrin, a member of the Sanhedrin. He also was highly educated uh, with all the credentials of a Greek uh, uh, standard of education, and he had the best opportunity having Roman citizenship. So he had the best of all three of the major cultures of the world. Then he had the he was the best of the best, an ultimate cosmopolitan man. And yet, when he first got saved, what happened? He had to go and sit under a person that really had no background in any of that. 
just a humble servant of the Lord. And yet he had to go and sit under that person for three years before he was allowed to go out and become Paul. Yeah. He had to rethink and relearn everything. So this is how come, and understanding that is how come, how can you tell me we're going to be uh, pre-tribulation rapture, all the good people are going to go and all the bad ones that couldn't follow the Lord when it was easy times. Now they're going to instantly be transformed into these super heroes. No, even Paul had to relearn and rethink everything for three years before he was even worthy or conditioned enough to be able to go out and start doing um, no, that's a preparation that takes a whole lifetime. So, I mean, there's yeah. just so many, that's a type and shadow, but it's an example of how ill-equipped and ill-prepared we are to understand how everything's being replayed in our, our days. So, yeah, probably a biker cultural lifestyle would maybe be the very thing that God would have um, his people come from. And they're not human flamethrowers. The word pure for fire there means, it, it literally means fire. But it also means fire in a sense of refiner's fire. Well, what is a refiner's fire? The word of God is a refiner's fire. Yeah. It's the divide and separate between, between flesh and spirit. This is having answers for things that nobody else has answers to. This right. is right dividing and slashing and hacking up all the lies with an answer from God's word. Now, where the fundamentalists may have a hard time is that there's always a two-witness concept. Even the two witnesses, they're, they're subject to certain conditions. They're subject to the word of God, but they're also subject to the rima, the personalization through the Holy Spirit. And even right. then, they're not alone in everything. They got to work as a team. They got to work as a team with everyone else. Mm -hmm. You don't send two generals into a battlefield and say, okay, fight. Although that would be the ideal way to do it. That would be the ideal. That really would be a good way to do it. I think, you know, you'd be surprised, especially if the two were elite members of the New World Order, all of a sudden they realize, no, 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 it just wouldn't work. That would be hilarious, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. You'd see them two out there, okay, good. Okay, so let me hit you. Okay, I'm sorry. i got to hit you with a question after you're done. Yeah, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so... You know, you said that uh, you had a dream, I think, or somebody did, that Donald Trump was actually killed. Now, the the, the Tim LaHaye the Tim LaHaye model has the Antichrist being killed and coming back to life. Do you think that Do you think that maybe if Trump were to to die and come back to life, even if he yep. is not the Antichrist, uh, that a lot of Christians would see him as being the Antichrist? And yes. The whole world would see him for that. That's for that's, darn that's, sure. That's exactly probably what will happen, um, uh -huh. more or less. Now, I don't know, you know, would it happen before this coming election or would it happen in his second term? I don't know. I know that uh, I think mm, I think it was Mark Taylor mentioned something about him having a, a heavenly visitation at some point. Uh -huh. could, it, could it be... That when he's killed, that's when he has it. Right. It, it you know could I mean? be. Now, I remember Kim Clement said that there would be a time of a major challenge that um, he would have a solution and answer that was so intricate that only God could have figured out that kind of a plan. Yeah. That was very specific. That's what he said. Well, I think that's what this virus is all about. He has got everything addressed, every little fear, detail. He's anticipated everything. Even, my gosh, to the fact that he's in control 
I love it. He's in control, total control of the Federal Reserve. Yes. Uh-huh. He can make that darn thing die when he wants to at the chosen right. It's all about timing. He yeah. can't do it just any time he wants. He has to do it under the right conditions. He knows that there's going to be a trigger event. There's going to be something of an event, uh, this reset. And when this reset happens, then he can make that collapse. Then he can put us back on a gold standard. Then all these trillions of dollars that everybody's, oh, my gosh, we're going to be broke forever. No, we're having a jubilee. My God, we're having a jubilee, a a time of, of all of our... My gosh, what he's got prepared is just amazing. Now, now I am speaking from visionary things that I've seen that I, they didn't make sense even five years ago, and they make all the sense in the world. Like I said, I got all this uh, transitional funny money. It's not who's who would have anticipated that he could be jockeyed into a position where he can put us back on a gold standard, where he can eliminate the IRS. It's not going to exist, man. I remember stories from my uh my grandparents and my parents they lived in the life growing up in a depression uh just before the depression um before the depression in the 30s um the 20s yeah in the 20s we from that time all the way back up through our entire country there was no such thing as an income tax you did not pay anything the government paid its own way there was no can imagine that can you imagine living a life where you didn't have to pay any income tax? There was no such thing as the IRS. That's going to happen again. The IRS is, um, you know, he's looking for a new job because uh, now he can't say this right now. And the reason I can even say it right now is this sounds so unbelievable. If nobody would believe it's going to happen. Right. But the reason why the trillions of dollars doesn't affect me in one way or another, because we're going to get a reset, a total reset. There's going to be no IRS. There's going to be no taxes taken out of our money. There's going to be, and this is, I love this part, we are going to return the government back to we the people, and then we're going to make everybody in Congress, everybody in the Senate, everybody is going to have to obey the Constitution, which means you are not going to have any more benefits than what the average citizen has. So you're not going to get, uh, right now, the way it stands, a person can come in as a young congressman come in and only serve four years and whatever their net worth is when they leave, that's what they get for the entire rest of their life. Mm-hmm. That is insane. Do you mean, can you imagine what kind of budget is going out to all these people that have been in Congress since, um, what would that go back to about oh, uh, been 35 or 40 so years? I was going to say it goes back to, I think at least, um, the 40s or the 50s, right after World War II is when it, everything was enacted that way, where they started making it where they could, you know, they added more and more for themselves that the rest of the uh, uh, constituents, are, you know, that put them in office are not getting. And that's unconstitutional. Well, Trump's going to bring it back to a constitution where we don't have to pay these exorbitant prices for people that and everything that was done before is illegal. So those are a breach of contract and they're going to be nullified. So the people who were doling out millions of dollars for that were in Congress 30 years ago, um, you're not getting anything anymore. Because once you're done in office, you're done. You go back to your normal job. You don't get anything from anyone. you got to go back to work and actually work for a living now. You don't live off of everything that you've gained by representing this group and that group. That doesn't, that doesn't exist anymore because the IRS doesn't exist anymore. You don't, you don't get any of that. Now you're held accountable under the Constitution 
um, go back to work. Your service was done. Thank you for your four years, your eight years, your whatever. Um, right. Yeah, and even that is going to be no longer than an eight-year term, just like for a president only having no more than uh, two terms. So right. it applies to them also. So we're saving tons of money just in that. The, the government was self-perpetuating before income tax, and it can continue to be that way. All income tax did was make the uh, public servants become part of an allegory that lived off of everyone else and everything else and spent all our money. You know, I, you know, I worked 40, uh, 40 years. I worked. I worked most of the time two full-time jobs, sometimes being a pastor, but sometimes having, you know, different businesses that I created for the time that was good to help sustain and supplement, you know, whatever work I had. I love capitalism. I got it down pretty good. I know how to start a lot of companies and, and not make them so that they're going to last forever. I just made them for short-term use. But every one that I made made me money, made darn good money. So I know how to, you know, I know how to make capitalism work for my own benefit. And I didn't have the government telling me when, where, why, and how I could do anything. I just did it. Um, I hate to say it, but socialism is for the uh, little lazy and the stupid. Yeah, it is. It really it come down. That comes down to it. You, nobody gets something for nothing. Once you get that out of your head, then you can begin to understand what really is going on in, in this world no matter what background you're coming from, even if you're coming from a, a spirit-filled Christian background, nobody gets something for nothing except by the grace of God. That's the only way you get something for nothing. And right. then what you're getting is, is love. That makes sense. The rest of it doesn't make sense. There's always, there's going to be um, certain interests and investments that have to be made. When you know that you're dealing with an unruly beast, then you have to make sure that there's checks and balances to that and accountability. Um, that's where capitalism can work if you make accountability issues to everything. Um, some people understand it. Trump understands it. He understands it to the point where sometimes you got to be friends with your enemies because the enemy of my enemy is um, our enemy. Right. So, um, you know, and do you know who that quote is from? It's a Muslim. Yeah, Saladin. Yeah. Sal Saladin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And. Uh, that's where he actually let all the um, crusaders go back home because he realized that it was going to be a more bloodier battle if he didn't go ahead and, and exercise some mercy to let him go. Because right. at that time, there was there was another uh, a, a bigger threat. And so if you know those guys like to blow everything up all over the place, all over the world uh, can can understand that, then um, we, as especially as the younger generation, having capitalism misrepresented as corporate fascism, uh, maybe you can understand that when I like capitalism, I'm not some greedy hoarding monster that wants to manipulate everybody. Capitalism really is a great thing if you understand what it is. Corporate fascism, I hate it as much as you, Millennium. I, I hate them because right. corporate fascism right. ate up every mom and pop right. uh, store, farm, uh, free enterprise business. They're fascists. They just take everything because they can. Yeah. And, they, and so that's what they do. You know um, – um, Ralph Epperson is uh, pretty adept when it comes to the Constitution, and he uh, has stated more than once that, to me that uh, we're not under the Constitution right now. Anyway, or we weren't for many years. We were under the Universal <clears throat> um, Commercial Code, UCC. And, um, he, you know, you'd have to listen to his work in order to understand all of it. But anyway, um, I sent you guys a picture the other day, and I think uh, you responded back. Um, there was actually a press conference the other day. I think it was at the White House, and all the flags. There must have been six flags there, if if not more. 
all of them did not have the fringe around it. Now, let the me explain. Fringe around it. Yeah. Now, the yeah. fringe, my dad explained to me years ago that when, when a, um, <clears throat> a flag has a fringe around it, it's actually an admiralty flag, and it means that we're, we're more under um, the uh, code of military justice than we are of uh, the Constitution. And it always bothered him when he went into a courtroom because he used to go sit in courts and watch the proceedings. He'd see that flag. And uh, so my, my question was, uh, and, you know, we talked about it a little bit, was did Trump do that on purpose to show us that we're no longer under the uniform commercial code anymore, but that we're back under the Constitution or he's leading us that way? Uh, because that was a, that was a site that a lot of people picked up on Twitter <clears throat> You know, look at the flags, look at the flags, you know, and and I'm just wondering, um, it'd be kind of a, <clears throat> an irony if uh, if that was the case. But it would also be constitutional because if we're under the Constitution and all the uh, the laws about um, uh, being a traitor, you know, uh, prosecuting traitors and stuff like that would be would again be enforced uh, under the Constitution if, if we're back under the Constitution again. And uh, go ahead. Well, our Constitution states that when we are in any kind of a global conflict, we automatically come under the War Powers Act. Right. The War Powers Act, granted by the Constitution, gives complete power over the President of the United States. He is able to determine and overrule any organization, any individual, if it meets uh, a threat to our way the safety of life. and livelihood becomes, of the American people. Right, yeah. right. Then it comes under a national threat. Now that is solely determined upon his own understanding. Uh-huh. So what? So when you're seeing that, it's saying that we are now under the constitutional guarantee that we are at war, right. and all power has been given to Trump. Mm-hmm. to do what he deems necessary. He could suspend elections totally if he wanted to. He's not right. going to. Mm-hmm. He's not going to. He doesn't need to. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Quite frankly, I mean, you know, uh, Whitmer might be a runner-up for vice president, but Biden has got a date with Gitmo. Biden yeah. is never going to be running for president. Biden is going to probably get the death penalty for treachery, for aiding and abetting the enemy. Yeah. I think I think I think Hillary is going to step in in the last second. Yeah, that's what I think too. Um, yep. I Hillary, there's too much evidence on her and um, Bill that they're both going to get the death penalty for aiding and abetting their enemy. I don't see how they're going to not survive the death penalty. They're going to well, be publicly executed. Yeah, well, but that, that would have to be initiated before the election, and I don't see that. Yeah, see, I before the and I don't either. And I have to agree with Dave's assessment on that. I, I, I think, I think Joe Biden doesn't make it because of the sexual allegations. Right. Just uh, not not in the child trafficking stuff, but just the you know oh, the Michael. women in general. And then Hillary jumps in, runs, loses quite badly, I think, to Trump, and then after the election, sometime then. Then she actually gets arrested at some point. Well, yeah, because you got to look at it too. Because if Trump were to do this right now, just before the election, that would yep. put a, that would sour the stomach of a lot of people that oh, might he, vote for him. That's why he, yeah, yeah, that's why he won't do it. He won't suspend the elections. I know he won't. Yep. But I'm just wondering who is going to be left alive or remain um, not in Gitmo 
And um, I look at um, Gretchen Whitmer, she might be running for president. And sorry, dear, I, I, I'm praying for your salvation. The Lord gave me a dream that, that you are on your road to salvation. But it's funny how if we start praying for somebody, their life starts unraveling. And yours is kind of unraveling. But you know what? God showed me that you're his. You're going to come around. You're going to get saved. But I'm still not voting for you. As long as you're on a platform that believes that uh, it's okay to have baby genocide. Sorry, I can't, I can't vote for you. You're an awesome lady. I think you're refusing to play politics in all of this in spite of the fact that uh, both parties are trying to bait hook you into playing politics and you still don't do it. And for that character, I stand with you and and uh, and congratulate you for having a character that you just really want to take care of doing your job for everybody in Michigan, um, where a lot of people are just playing party politics and being stupid, but you're still keeping the integrity of wanting to be the best to represent everybody in the state and do your job that you've been hired to do. I applaud you for that. You're like Mike Dugan. Mike Dugan is the mayor of uh, Detroit. He overcame may, many um, iconic figures that were part of um, um, the, you know, the the rights movement. Um, but the the blacks kind of saw through all of them. They knew that they were compromising a lot of different things, and they were upset about about. But they see Mike as a white guy coming in from the suburbs that he's living in the hood. He doesn't have a fake address and lives outside. He lives right there in the hood with everyone else um, and shares and as a part of everything else. He's the kind of guy that, you know, he doesn't care what you believe or what you think. If you're wanting to pitch in and help out and work uh, to make Detroit better again, then he's all for you and he'll do whatever he can for you. I've never met the man. I've worked in a lot of his programs, working with peacemakers in the inner city. Um, and the guy, if you're if you wanting to help out Detroit, he's right there with you, working, willing to work both aisles. Now, again, I wouldn't vote for him because he's on a platform that believes it's okay to kill babies, and I don't agree with that. But I will definitely work with the man, and I will honor and respect him for having this ability that he wants to do the job that he's been hired for, for everyone. Black, right. white, rich, poor, doesn't matter. Um, Winmer's the same way. But, my dear, <laughs> I'm never voting for you for president. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Trump is the man. And once you understand his God's plan, it'll all make sense to you. Whether I'm going to directly have anything to do with her coming to the Lord, I don't know. I don't even care. The Lord showed me that he's, she's his. Um, this is her road to finding him. And so I'm praying and I'm having others pray for her. Um, and I know that the pattern is a lot of times when you start praying for somebody, their life just starts unraveling. Why? Because they got to be broken before they can come to the cross to be healed and so she's on a path where she's going to get it but it doesn't mean that i'm going to support her for you know being a president no no sorry dear wherever you end up you're going to be end up um fully honorable just the way trump ended up um following the holy spirit but until then you know you're you're on your own but i kind of keep praying for you for your yeah. salvation because i know show me it um so many people man it, it surprised me so many people, the moment that I came to her defense, they dropped me, quit supporting me. Um, it's like, my gosh, guys, if you can't even love your fellow brothers and sisters as family and have love and respect for them, how are you going to ever come to a point where you're going to love your enemies? It ain't never going to happen because you're playing politics, man. You can't play politics in the world. That's the most unstable thing in this world. You want to have stability, understand God's plan. And know his plan and then you're not going to be moved by all of these wannabe prophets on youtube you know spinning out all kinds of goofy crap i mean from one day to the next man they got a new um um 
conspiracy on everything and anything. I'm not moved by any of them. I will. I look at everything that I can, especially when people are shook up by it. Then, then I make it a priority. I look at it, but I'm, you know, I get so weary sometimes of, of inhaling and breathing all this garbage. It's like, you know what? I, I found out I, I have to stop at that time, turn everything off, turn the news off, turn, turn everything off. And I get on my favorite praise and worship songs. Yeah. And it is, it's happened by accident one time, a guy that I know from C3, he's, he had this watch party. And, and so I, because I know the guy and I know that, you know, he's, he's a good guy. I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to listen to it. Maybe it's going to be hokey, but maybe not. And I put it on, it was just praise and worship and it was all praise and worship from back in the, uh, the, uh, yeah, it was yeah. all of the, uh, oh, the stuff from, uh, vineyard and, and, and things Maradatha. like that. And, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, I'm just having a wonderful time. I'm in tears. I'm remembering the old songs from the King's kids and, oh gosh, it was awesome. I just thought, I just got recharged and refilled, man. I'm ready to go. Okay. Too much garbage in. Now I got all the right stuff. Thanks for that DMT flowing in the positive way and, and healing my, my body, my mind and, and just making me strong again. And, you know, sometimes it comes down to that, you know, and then, it's just what I needed when I needed it at the perfect time. So I got back with him. I said, man, thanks, bro. That's just exactly what I needed. I, you get stuck in this virtual world. Sometimes it gets too real and overcoming, you know, and you just got to plug back into the spirit and just get a renewal. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty awesome. Yeah, but yeah, so, you know, the thing is, so how is this going to look? You know, I, I've wondered, you know, with, um, with the two witnesses. So, so who would be the fake ones, man? You guys got any ideas in, in our chat room? Do we have... Is is there more than just wind song there? But wind song. Uh, right now, face. it's wind song is the only one that's written back. So, what was the what was the uh, I don't know. Remember the sci-fi movie, but there wasn't there a robot that could shoot a beam, a fire or a laser uh, out of its eye or. Oh, that was the day the Earth mount. was still. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. that, or you know something similar like one of the. The Marvel movies, the Thor movies, I think they had a they had a kind of a autonomous type. Well, it was kind of a robot, but it was like powered by magic, more like that. That would basically shoot out fire um, from its from its face. But I don't know, probably not that. But it's probably it's probably it's probably people are people are I would say someone that looks like people, I guess a shell, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But here's here's something, you know, now in the context, I was praying about this. I'm going, Lord, I've never seen this one coming. Who could it be? I mean, um, I know the profile potential for, you know, for the real ones and how they might actually appear, but I don't know who would well, be the fake ones. Now, here, I, I got this movie that I watched. Somebody wanted me to, to check it out, and I did, and it was kind of new agey, so it was kind of, you know. You well. Know, I think that's you hit the nail on the head there, Jim. I think they're they're two new agers. They have to be, right? It was yeah, here's the, here's yeah. the thing. It's even guys. It gets deeper than that. This is so wild. This was a movie based on the idea that oh, see if this doesn't maybe make sense. Could they? Now the gist of this movie was suggesting this. What if two of the Nephilim? I mean, two unredeemable entities that were alive and present before the flood they're here now in a human shelled body 
could they be given purposely amnesia so they don't remember anything more than at one time they were worshipped as gods and they served mankind to help mankind could they be given amnesia with a false memory implant like that now here's the purpose why because the one thing Satan can't imitate is repentant apathy if they could prepare two of those entities with false memory of thinking that they're doing something good as a service, then they have a sincerity of a sacrificial desire to serve. Satan can't imitate that. But if he could set up two of his representatives to have that sincerity, that sincerity is what would be believable by everyone in the world, even yeah. if it were possible, the very elect, because that sincerity is something that it would be too superficial. Even the Holy Spirit, even us, we would sense that, but we would not sense necessarily seeing something that would be self-sacrificing, wanting to have a, a sincere desire. These two entities could be programmed to have a desire to serve, something that Satan can't fake out, something that we would discern as genuine. Does that make sense? Could it be possible that way? It's possible. It could be possible that they're fallen angels, too. He's two fallen angels. Well, that's, yeah. that's, 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 a, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly that's pretty what deep. they would be. That's exactly what they would be. They would be two fallen angels that have been reprogrammed to have a sincerity that we would detect the sincerity. We would see it. It would line up everything that's being good fruit. Well, if they're fallen the angels, reasons. they wouldn't have to be programmed because they could be, they could be deceitful <laughs> the whole time. You no, know? no, no there's an element you're missing here. They would still be conning. You and I would have the discernment to see that con. Right. But if we, but if they had a sincere emanating from them, a real sincerity to be self-sacrificing and serve, we wouldn't detect it. It would be the only way, because because all we would all we would detect is that sincerity. That's something that's not natural with Satan. It's something that he knows that he cannot imitate. But if he reprogrammed these people to have this um, um, loss of memory and having it reprogrammed, and remember, they're just basically a stupid computer program. Even the fallen angels, they're they're real, but they can be reprogrammed to think. You know well, I guess saying? anything's I mean, possible. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the only way that they could circumvent the discerning of the Holy Spirit through us. Mm -hmm. Because we would discern that sincerity. That sincerity cannot be fabricated by the enemy because he doesn't even understand it or know it. But right. he can synthesize it. That's the only way he would synthesize it. So it could be, but it would be coming from a, a new age vantage point, I'm sure. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Because it would be same but yeah. opposite. Yeah. Same opposite, right. So so now to put it in a to put it on window dressing who, where, when, how and why, that's what I'm I'm still it's like, man, I don't even see this one coming. Um and I guess because I wanna know because I have it in I got insight on the real ones and how they might be, but the false ones, I'm clueless. I don't know. So I'm willing to well, see any input from anyone. If they're the same for the opposite, wouldn't the false ones be leading people in an opposite direction? You well, know, they're, they, they're going to be they, leading people uh, that believe that the Antichrist is the uh, the one right, to... Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's what I'm saying, and the way they would do that, the way they would uh, 
deceived for at least a short time, you know, Christians is having that sincerity. We wouldn't see that. So they would be setting up um, an acceptance for the coming cosmic Christ. Yeah. Well, my understanding of Scripture, and of course I don't, you know, know it all, but these these two individuals come during the, the second half or during the uh, Jacob's trouble. <clears throat> and um, so, you know, I'm, I don't understand... Um, you know, you know my stance. I'm more of a, a pre-wrath uh, believer that we're right. not. Yeah, you know, well, we'll, we'll be here for a certain amount of time, and then we won't be here afterwards. Um, you know, to, to in, in order words, we won't be able to um, experience God's wrath because that's what the end is going to be: is God's wrath against man, unbelieving mankind. And um, so they wouldn't have to try to convince us, as, as far as I know, anyway. Oh no, you're right, right, totally yeah. right. Uh, the thing is that. That where it says, you know, the pendulum's going to swing one way, three and a half years, we're going to get victory over the beast. We're going to make war, spiritual warfare, and we're going to overcome that. Um, but then the second half, all of a sudden, we um, we don't overcome them. They overcome us. But we overcome them in the end because, you know, the blood of lamb, word of our testimony. But we lose our lives in the process. But then it says that in Revelations um, uh, 13, the very end of 13 and the very beginning of 14, the very ending of 13, it says, uh, God is telling his angels, thrust in thy sickle, for the harvest is ripe. And uh, so they thrust their sickle in, and the earth was reaped. Mm-hmm. Now that means, now, you know, it's, they're saying, Jim, what do you mean? Is a second rapture? Well, not a, a second rapture, a removal of all of the tribulation saints that had fought victoriously. Yeah, now they're gone. Now, the thing is that we're going to a place outside of time and space so that when we go, we're immediately at the marriage supper of the Lamb right. with everybody else because we're outside of time. This all happens simultaneously. So, But on our earthly experience, we're in a progression of linear time, and we're thrown outside of time for the seven years of tribulation. So I don't even know how that's going to, you know, we're not even going to feel it probably. It's going to be no effect, and it may be having more effect not instantly, like a switch going on and off. It might take a few years, just like the 20, uh, uh, what was it, 2011? Um, Remember we did, you and I did a show that night on the 11th, November 11th, on the tw- you know, with the yeah. skulls and we're describing everything that was going on. And uh-huh. I said that we may not experience anything that would be noticeable, but five, six years down the road, then we're going to start noticing it. So it could be the same thing, you know, same thing here. We be thrown out of time and not even realize it until quite a few years, you know, a little bit later down the road, which I'm saying is maybe three and a half years, then all of a sudden we're going to notice it because the pendulum is going to swing the other way. So right. in this swinging the other way, um, the earth is reaped. We're gone. Poof. That's right. it. We're gone. Now comes the full, and the very next verse in the beginning of um, uh, Revelation's 14th chapter. Now has come the time. Woe unto them that are left, for the fullness of the wrath of God is poured out. Right. Right. Now, the point of that, and what had happened just before that, and a few scriptures before that, the earth was reaped. Who's gone? We are. Right. What happens? So, um, what is it? Uh, Dimitri. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I can't remember his last uh, name. Dudamoff or something like that. Dude, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dudamoff. Dudamoff. Yeah. He said that there would be, uh, as there would be a dividing of, of Israel, there would be a dividing of our land as uh-huh. punishment. Now, all of this happening at the same time. He showed a map of how the Mississippi River actually creates a big divide between um, the east and the west. And right. this river literally separates. You know what happens to the Great Lake State? 
It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. The hand, the hand. Think about this. All that's been prophesied about the hand being placed upon God, uh, upon the world, as representing the hand of God upon the earth. When that happens, that hand disappears. It's gone. Yeah. There's no more hand upon God's world. Why? Because now this has been turned into something that's going to be a lake of fire. Uh huh. God has removed his hand from this, from that earth. Now it's going to be brought to destruction by fire. Um, gee whiz. I remember hearing that. The lake of fire. It's like uh-huh. diluted. Satan stands before the white throne of uh, uh, judgment and says, hey, I did everything the same, but option. I'm entitled. I got good news and bad news for you, Satan. Um, you're right. You're entitled to your own. And look what you did to this realm here. You right. turned it into a big lake of fire. And there you go. You got your people, you got your angels, and there's your eternity. And it's called the lake of fire. Now depart yeah. from me, the work of iniquity. So um, he gets what he invested for. Because what he invested for, he brought to a total destruction and ruin. So that's what he gets forever. Now, there's some that are thrown in the... They're, the personification of uh, death and hell are thrown into the lake of fire. And it says that this is the second death. Well, who's death? What second death? Well, all those that were in hell that suffered a destruction of their body. Now the only thing that's left, they don't have a spirit. They've got a soul. And their soul goes into the lake of fire. They were part of a computer program, a silicone-based life, as opposed to carbon-based life. A part of a computer program. I'm sure that if you spent one minute in whatever hell was, whether it was metaphorical or literal, I don't know, but it was no fun place to be. Right. I you would be thanking God that you would be put on as if you never existed. That would be your second death. Um, and God in his infinite mercy, he shows after a thousand years, these people had neither accepted the mark of the beast nor did they accept uh Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They're busy for a thousand years making babies. And the majority of them, as soon as their father, the devil, is released from the bottomless pit, another deception hits upon the earth. And what happens? They go running to their daddy. They don't get it. Here they were in total perfection. They were walking with Jesus. They were walking with the patriarchs. They were walking with the prophets. They were walking with the disciples. Man, they were without excuse. And annually they had to go and pay tribute. Now, it wasn't any animal sacrifices, but there was all of the first fruit sacrifices that were alluding to the preparation of Christ being the final sacrifice. So they got to see everything from every angelic perspective. They're without any excuse. And as soon as their father, the devil, is released, they go and run right to him and ignore and forsake everything. I think that's God's way of saying, you know what? I I gave them every opportunity. Yeah. And you can see what they did. Fair is fair. I can't let them into heaven. They made their own choice. Uh-huh. And the most powerful thing that God ever did was to create something more powerful for themselves. And that was man's free will choice. You have a choice. And I love it, man. The poetic justice in that. Think about it. He really did make something more powerful than himself. He is accountable to free will. And this yeah. proves to all the creation forever. I am not God that manipulates anything and everybody. I have a plan, and I will uh, uh, tweak everything out to make sure that that plan is fulfilled. But I will never interfere with an individual's freedom of choice. They have a freedom of choice. Whosoever will literally means whosoever will. Right. I've given everybody and everything. So when the old shirts say, you know, uh, shoot them all, let God sort them out. For us as a Christian, pray for them all and let God sort them out. 
Yeah. God is faithful to sort out the wheat from the tares. There was a, a, a friend of mine from, gosh, I've known her for like 40 some years. I got to get Dave, if you're listening, because they listen every uh, broadcast. Dave, um, Dave and Debbie. Dave, if you're listening, I, you made some kind of combination of tear goat and sheep goat. I can't remember what it is, but it is awesome. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it for the rest of my life. Uh, it's he somehow he he, he merged uh, goat and sheep together, and the name is ingenious. It just describes everything in a nutshell. It describes so much. It's so depth to that. Huh. Dave's pretty good at doing that stuff. They're they're the dynamic duo, man. They're they're quite a quite a pair. But um, yeah, that's really good. So kudos to you, Dave. I got to remember it so I can quote it all the time. But it's uh it it just i mean and that one little word encapsulates so much um theology i mean this is half of what's going on here is to prove to all creation um before after forever all of eternity that god is just and faithful his love overcomes everything and everything is truly the same and opposite as proof that his love reaches out to everyone and everything and free will determines everything but right. those that really choose to reject god do it on their own accord and god is not going to interfere with that and that proves that god isn't the master manipulator he's not going to interfere if i'm god i can make you do whatever i want no i'm god and i'm going to allow you to do whatever you want right and i'm not going to interfere with that that's ultimate love right there when you're able to let that go man when i that that movie that i suggested everybody see the um what was it assassin 33 ad yeah oh my gosh man mm. <laughs> it just really brings home you know the fact that we're even still alive at all is because of god's grace and mercy we are a virus artificial intelligence elon musk <laughs> you're so right on man stephen hawking tried to warm in the natural he says you know what maybe we ought to quit sending out all these messages inviting um aliens to come because if you look at history it's never good for the ones that are lesser, you know, that, that don't have the technology that the higher do. We're going to end up being their slaves. Right, maybe yep. we don't want to do this. Elon Musk came to the same conclusion. He says, maybe we shouldn't be developing artificial intelligence to be sentient and aware of themselves or uh, develop, you know, uh, into a logical, rational being. Because if they do, they're going to realize we're nothing but a virus and we don't deserve to be around. We're going to make their life extinct. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, that's because it's only by the love of God that we're even alive. It's his love that keeps us from being the virus that we are. It's kind of so, like the Nomad episode of Star Trek. Uh, yeah, Remember? exactly. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Must exterminate, well, exterminate uh, non-perfect biological entities. <laughs> I mean, you know, when, when you understand how um, Gene Roddenberry got all of his understandings it was from a uh a guy was a phd he was a mystic um from uh he was either from pakistan or india i think india but it could have been pakistan um <clears throat> anyways he got all of his channeled information from the um from the so-called cosmic christ from from aliens who are coming to introduce themselves to us once we become a um, have warp drive capabilities. In other words, when we can actually breach space time to travel through other galaxies and everything, we're going to realize that we're in a bigger 
community of of entities and so they have a prime directive not to interfere until we get to that point right well we we've, we've gotten to that point and um that's the reason why they don't land on the White House lawn to let us know who they are. They are clandestined until we have that capability. Now we've got the capability, so now they're going to introduce themselves. But they had this prime directive preventing them from doing that. But now they can come down and they can share uh, and represent themselves as this federation of uh, planets that are there to steer and guide us into a peaceful transition into a greater cosmic community. So 60 years of conditioning through Star Trek is a reality of how the cosmic crisis is coming. When he comes, he's going to have a Federation com badge. He's going to be, you know, splitting his hand uh, piece, you know, and all. And it's like, oh, my God, this is a nightmare. And I think the final. The world will eat it up. They will. And I mean, you know, and I sat there, you know, Eric, I'm a Trekkie, man. I've watched. I know. So you're, you're thinking, hey, this is really, really cool. But in your, no, but in the back, in the back, in the back of your head, you're like, no. this is all deception, you know. Eric, I spent a whole day crying. Yeah, crying know. for all the people that are Trekkies. And people that I, you know, I got a lot in common with that I like. I mean, oh yeah, gosh, I can even speak a little Klingon. I hate to say. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> but but I mean, um. This was always, you know, like like this would be the ultimate. So any any Trekkie, this is going to be heaven on earth for them. What they think the world's going to be when they see this happening is going to be so overwhelming that if it were possible, would deceive the very elect. Well, thank God it's not. Um, I have some other Trekkie friends of mine, you know, locals in in the area, and um, they felt the same way. I mean, you know, they're they're brokenhearted because. This was always an enjoyable fictional picture that you wished would happen someday. You see the new agey stuff in it, you you know, you kind of get over it, but you wish that it could be that way. Well, you know what? In heaven, it is going to be that way, but not not the way that, that their spin is. But it's sad that so many people are just going to eat this right up and think this is the greatest moment in, in all of history of mankind. And if you don't know the biblical perspective of it, you would be deceived, but once you know the biblical perspective, um, it'll it'll make you realize how slick the devil is, how he can do the same and opposite. The proof in it is the final thing, man, and it's a mind blower. Um, and to me, this one little word picture like that clarifies everything. Where's the end of this going? Where 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 is the Star Trek thing taking it? Well, I'll tell you where. When when the new Jerusalem comes upon the earth to set up the millennial kingdom, a thousand year reign, it comes down looking like a giant cube. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And what has, what has the um, Star Trek series taught us? That there is a giant cube that's going to come from the heavens to earth, and it's going to be a collective uh, consciousness that makes everybody believe and follow the same belief system because it's a collective consciousness only they call it the Borg and so they've conditioned everybody to see this square coming down as being the Borg cube not this the, the um, New Jerusalem descending from heaven so when the real New Jerusalem is descending from heaven all the Trekkies are going to see this as we are the Borg resistance is futile you will be assimilated, right. man. Oh man, if hey, that uh, isn't 
that's the ultimate goal right there. The, the name of the mystic that talked to Roddenberry was it Dr. D.G. Vinod? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I want. Uh, I got that question from um, from Windsong, and I just wanted to verify it. Oh, she is sharp as a pin. I'll tell you. Well, she yes. was asking what the name was, and I just Googled it. <laughs> yes, and that's and, uh, yeah. Well, what happened? What happened was that um, when they were conducting the MK Ultra mind control manipulation, they were looking for a way to the Nazis. They realized that they're studying and everything using utilizing LSD twenty five. They were actually starting to program a sleeping um, agent that could be used to trigger by just one word, go into an operative and be the Manchurian candidate, like the movie, the Manchurian candidate. That's right. what they were working on. It was illegal in America. So they went to McGill Hill university in Canada and, and had the program up there. Then in the fifties, they found out that the, the uh, Russians were using uh, well-known psychics and helping them teach them how to use operatives to have a mind out of body experience where they could get into remote viewing. And they were actually doing counter spy intelligence with accurate information on our installations and things that were going on. It freaked them out. They realized, Oh my gosh, we got to play catch up. They're actually doing this and it's effective. We need to learn how to do the same thing. So that's where they got Vinod. Um, I think, let's see, Vinod was the American working with us. But he got in contact with another man that was in contact already with aliens who was, you know, he himself was a Ph.D. scientist in, in psychology. But he was also um, a Hindu mystic and he was coming into contact with aliens. These aliens were telling them how the preparation for um, would come where this intergalactic cosmic Christ was coming. And uh, that's when they, they brought the the program into America then, they changed it into Project Penguin. And Project Penguin was this integration of um, Hindu mystics with with science and psychology to travel out of your body so we could counter spy on the Russians the way they were doing with us. Mm-hmm. So uh, the one guy understood that this potentially was going to be a militarized war kind of a thing. And he wanted to have kind of a, a readout, um, a contingency plan that if it got too militaristic, he wanted to have his own little private organization out, run out of his house that would be more for the integration of a peaceful transition instead of a you know spy versus spy kind of a you know mad magazine war kind of a thing going on. He right. wanted he didn't want to get into that. He wanted to have something of a more uh, transitional, peaceful thing. So he had this other organization out of his home. This one man was uh he had movie connections with hollywood he had his degree was in um i think it was in uh cinematography and so he was he was used to knowing a lot of hollywood people now um he picked up on this stuff right away and became real sharp and clear and he said guys what we need to do is we need to i'll get in touch with all my contacts we need to make a science fiction series to introduce society into these things however long it might take to acclimate them into the concept so that they can be prepared for the reality of it all that man's name was gene roddenberry right and gene roddenberry was the one of course who was the director and founder of uh, the star trek series so he did make the connections we've had 60 years of conditioning for the preparation of the coming cosmic christ so it's going to become a reality 
But my God, when New Jerusalem comes down, people are going to be fight. People and nations are going to be fighting it, thinking they're fighting the board. Yeah. Because, hey, everything else was real, right? So this has got to be real, too. Mm -hmm. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Just so, you know, the pendulum goes one way to the other way, one way yeah. to the other way. So it's yeah. just so weird. So when people see, you know, a lot of times people get, like myself, we get snapshot photographs of events that are going to happen, but we don't know when they're going to happen, and we don't know how they interact with other things that are going to have like a domino effect. When some of these things start happening, there's going to be like domino, boom, 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 boom. It's not going to just be one effect. There's going to be several different things happening all at one time. So um, some people will say the, the bank's going to collapse. Other people are saying, no, it isn't. We're going to, it's going to be great. You know, we're going to have hyperinflation. The, the, you know, we're going to have a great time. Well, you know what? Both are right. But one seeing the pendulum swing the in one direction and the other one seeing the swing back in an opposite direction. So they're both right. They're not conflicting with each other. One is seeing it when we have the victory. One is seeing it when it's been given unto the beast to make war with us, and he overcomes us. But how does he overcome us? With all the things that uh, that half of people are dreaming and seeing. The other half are seeing the other part. Instead of fighting each other, saying each other is wrong, get together like tonight, and let's see how right we are. So if a lot of the people aren't listening tonight or haven't gotten into the chat room, um, please, I want your input. So send me. You know, either Facebook instant message or, you know, send me email. Um, I want your input. I want to know what your dreams and your visions, what God has been telling you. God is no respecter of people. I'm sure that he is telling all the other little nobody, unknown people, what you have is important. You need to share it. I want to provide the format for you to, to share these things. Maybe we can have you come on. And I've thought of this, guys, that maybe we can have these people start coming on, giving their little short testimonies. We can even yeah, have a sure. show. We got you know, like 15, 10, 10 or 15 people showing their little sh clips, and then we can give kind of a, a consummation at the end of, you know, what this possibly could, you know, could mean or be. Right. I, this is needed. We need all of the body working together. We need everybody. You know, you can't have the two generals coming out to the valley to fight it out. A general needs his officers. The officers need to motivate the troops, and the troops do the actual battle. But they all have to be on the same page. Um, they all have to have the same vision, the same purpose, the same function, the same protocols. You That's know, right. I mean, I was in the rear with the gear, but I was Delta Force. Didn't even know it until years later. But uh -huh. what, I did, what I did understand in all that procedure is that there's, man, one thing that blows my mind about Delta Force, they have every possible contingency addressed ahead of time. So that, you know, okay, if this happens, then we're going to be at this location. If this happens, we're going to be over here. If this happens... Uh, and we're not sure what's going on. You obey your last order. And then whatever our last order was, that's where you're going to be. So that way, under any unpredictable situation, if you follow protocol, you're going to be okay. Yeah. You start getting creative and start doing your own thing. You and others are going to die. So it's important to stick to whatever the plan is. When we know what God's plan is, we stick to that. And it'll give us stability. And we have a certain procedure and protocol. We follow that. You start getting creative and independent. That's when you and others are going to die. That's why my friends that are saying, oh, this is impossible. This, You know, there was a time when that was okay, but that time is over now. Now you're going to shut your pie hole. And right. you're going to start, you know, listening either the easy way or the hard way. Because you're going to be maybe leading a lot of people astray to their doom. I don't want to see that happen. Exactly. I'm a mama. 
tech to, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the, the faithful shepherd that's going to pull the sheep from walking off the mountain on their own. Yep. I guess you I do. I'm forced into it now. Well, you're forced into it. Eric, you're forced. We know we are held accountable for the unique position that we're in to know what we know. We're held accountable for it. So we got to be right. faithful to that. And faithful, I mean, by, you know, whatever's in front of us today. Right now, the con- coronavirus, the, uh, um, oh, what? There's COVID-19. COVID-19 and the coronavirus. Both of them, whoever, whatever created them, how they were created, none of that really matters. The point is that right in front of us right now is death. Death is killing real people. We need to, you know, it doesn't matter whether it was 5G or whether it was, uh, how it was manufactured, who did it, or all of these are diversions to keep you from the reality that right here, right now, people are dying. Let's get them to not die. Let's do what we got to do today. Keep them in prayer. This is a struggle. I've got three people that are Christians right now who are struggling, literally a battle for their lives. They want to live. They know the Lord. They're Christians. They're spirit-filled Christians. They have the belief. But you know, when you put on that darn ventilator, sometimes it takes your inability to have your free will to fight it. And it That's ends up right. killing you. So, man, yeah. some of these things just, you know, we need to pray that they get off these things. Denny, my, um, well, I don't want to get into it. My Denny is a person I have a, a lot of respect for, a lot of love for. He's a, a true man of God. Uh, he's been put back on one because of multiple infections. Uh, every time he starts to see like he's getting through, then all of a sudden something else is happening. It's been a real battle. It's been a real war. It's a war for his soul. Um, the devil's trying to take him out. And, He's got the faith to believe, to see past it. As a man thinketh, so, so is he. Your confessions in your mouth, if you keep saying, well, I think, I don't know, and, you know, man, don't write that into your future. Now, I'm not going to say it. I don't want to sound like, you know, a total word of faith, but when the Bible says that, that you write your own destiny, your tongue is like a pen. When it says it's a rudder that steers the course of events, you better be really careful about your tongue. And, you know, start confessing the positive things. Now, it does say to share your burdens with one another. That means there's nothing wrong with assessing where you're at. Oh, my gosh. You know, I've got, you know, I've had COVID and I've had the corona disease. So, you know, I I know I'm not going to die. I know that I'm, you know, not going to pass this on to anyone else. I'm believing God that I my body and my uh, place here, you know, the little museum I got is something of life, not of death. So that's not going to happen. And I'm believing God for it. I can stand on faith and believe that. But other people may not be. They might be weaker in their faith. So I don't let everybody just come up here. If I can sense that they're not sure about their own position and what's going on in the world, I'll let them stay outside. Don't come up. You know, we'll wear gloves. I'll wear my mask. Let's, you know, we'll play it safe. Okay. But others that I know, it doesn't phase them at all. Hey, come on up, man. I'll give them a hug. Um, I did that with my boy today. It was pretty awesome. But, um, you know, but I, I understand where everybody, how they think is how they're going to carry on. So if somebody's weak for their sake, I'm going to be condescending to them, not in a superficial way, but in a way that, hey, I love you. I don't want to see you get hurt. You're not sure about yourself, so let's meet halfway. Okay. Um, And it's a personal relationship. We got to start respecting each other for letting God work in our own different ways. God may be leading you. I mean, one thing I know, um, Pastor Steve at, at uh, Peacemakers, he's got to stay open. He's got to come and and have services and 
and, you know, break the laws, I guess you might say, in a way, because he's working with the homeless. They've got nowhere else to go. They right. depend on these meetings. So I understand it. I get it. He's got to do that. Um, that's the only place. So in a way, he's providing them with what they're not getting anywhere else. They've got at least a place to stay and get a, something, you know, good food to eat and some fellowship to keep them strong to endure all of this. Um my God, if he obeyed all the rules, he wouldn't have anything for any of these people. Where would they be? Out in the street somewhere, probably dying of uh, the same thing that other people are dying from. So he has to do that. Me, the Lord said, you stay inside. Don't go out. You don't need to. I got all these alternate ways. And from that, my God, when this thing first happened, I had pastors from all over the world calling me up, wondering, Jim, what do you think? And it, it humbled me. It made me realize, oh, my gosh, I've got an obligation to all these people. Now, as soon as that happened, you know, and I, and I told them what I thought, they got clarification on everything, and, and they're good now. Then it transitioned over to the people that are immediately dying. Oh, my gosh, let's set up a prayer list. Let's keep these people in prayer, continual prayer all the time. This is a battle. This is a war. And then I realized, you know what? I My congregation is in the entire English-speaking world, and then so. Mm-hmm. I got to minister to them now. I'm their pastor. I guess I do have a, you know, I started abandoning this, thinking I had to treat the real life situations more than this. And it's like, no, this is still a very important part of your pastorship. You be the good shepherd for all these people. So for a while I was dealing with just one thing. Now that's kind of relieved itself. Now I'm transitioning over to something else, but all of it is still, I got to treat this equally as important as whatever I'm doing in lifetime Mm -hmm. and lifetime right now. Peacemakers has got that well under control. They're doing a great job. So they're doing it on one dimension. I'm doing it on another dimension, but I need to be here. Plus, I'm getting a lot of stuff done. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. I don't know if you saw it, but I sent you a pumpkin. Oh, Oh my gosh. It's pump. You know, I did see that, but I didn't. I'm too busy. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. No, no. I just wanted to make sure you saw it. (laughs) Because I know that you... uh, you have an expiration date <laughs> every month. <laughs> you know what, guys? You know what? I'll tell you. Man, not anymore. My gosh. I, I, you know, the last couple of Now, I wasn't feeling good last week. Man, I was just really under the table, so I just went right to bed right away. But uh, tonight, I'll probably be up still doing some things. I, I got quite a bit of little... That's a nice thing about, you know, I mean, I'm in my own place. As long as I feed my cat, she allows me to stay there, you know, and she's supposed to be in there. But, um, you know, I can be up any hours, you know, day and night. Tomorrow, I got to go to the post office. I got a month's worth of books, so I got to get to the, uh, you know, so I'll wear my gloves. I'll wear my mask. I'll stand on the tape lines. I hope it's going to be too big, but I need to go to the post office. I got a month's worth of books to deliver. Oh, I mean, wow. it's, it's it's getting so bad. If I don't deliver them now, I'm not going to be able to afford it. Yeah, right. I hear that. Pay <laughs> <laughs> all the postage and everything. And right. these people have been very patient. Bless their hearts. They know that I'm locked in and I've been trying to obey it, but they need to get their books. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm I I got an order of uh, zip drives. So what I'm doing is. Um, that's the future. You know, uh, DVDs are a thing of the past. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it takes true. way too long and they're very expensive. To, I mean, yeah. the labels take, cost more than anything else. It's ridiculous. 
Yeah, yeah you can uh, buy flash drives pretty cheap nowadays. Yeah, yeah you can. And the thing is, I can put I can put all my work. Now I I felt kind of funny and asking money, but I guess the way I'm going to do it, and and, and I'm right out. I'm it's going to be you pay whatever you can afford to pay, and I'll take it. Um, if I did, if you can imagine every video being five dollars, five dollars. Some of them are two hour long videos. So I I chop most of them up to just you know try to be as brief as possible anywhere from 15 to 35 minutes would be a long one most of them are about 15 to 35 minutes right but for five dollars now every video that i've ever made that was used to be posted on youtube um i'm going to put them on a zip drive for 120 dollars. that's that's about 20 hours worth of viewing yeah when, right. when are you going to have those done because i sure want one well, I'm I'm gonna I'm working on them right now. This is one well, of the things I'm working on right now. Um, get, get a hopping. Okay. I want one. I I wanted one six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, please, please. Think if you guys can post some of these on your um on your own sites. They're like I know you've got a YouTube channel, but both of you guys got a YouTube channel. Oh no, mine's mine's completely locked down now as well. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, how did they do that? Well, I have some of your content on mine. Not some, not necessarily your newer stuff, but some of your older stuff. But even your older stuff was getting shut down and censored, and the audio was getting cut out of it, and just they just were destroying it all. Eventually, they pretty much banned me. So, you know, they took the audio out of um, Leroy Gaines' testimony. I know. And I know they did. They took the audio out. uh, The one that uh, Dave, the one you gave me on the. because you were there, I had to miss that day. Remember oh, when yeah. Uh, yeah, when, when, Dave, when yeah. Dave Flynn went out to the desert, he blew the shafar, and uh-huh. he was explaining. They cut his voice down. You can't even hear it. Really? Yep. It's disgusting, yeah. And yeah, it was huh. the most important part. It was the part that he was explaining about the transition of the 33.3-degree line over to here. And then at the very moment that they got interference, Mm-hmm. Remember when they had that interference? They couldn't, you know, they they lost the GPS for a minute. Right, right. Remember the photograph that you took? Uh huh. That showed the UFO that appeared over them. Right. That's when it happened. Huh. As wow. soon as that thing appeared, the electromagnetic impulses knocked his GPS out of whack. Right, right. That makes all a lot of sense. That, yeah. All of that, all of that was made so that it didn't, ha- you know, you couldn't hear anything that they were saying. Yeah. So you know, another the- odd thing that happened on that trip was that um, I had back then I had AT and T for a cell carrier, mm-hmm. and now bear in mind we're out in the desert, probably thirty miles from anywhere, you know. And I looked all around, and there was no, there were no towers whatsoever anywhere around there. <laughs> Yet I had three bars on my AT&T signal. <laughs> and the only reason, way I could explain that is if there was something underground. You well, know, how far were you off of a, a highway from where you were at? Probably about six or seven miles. Yeah. Um, and when you get, believe me, when you get that far into the desert, I mean, it's like being on one of the Great Lakes. You yeah. can't, you got to navigate by GPS. You can't tell. It's all looks the same. Yeah, it was just really bizarre. I didn't think yeah. that I would have a signal out there. I was comforted by it because if anything happened, I could call for help. You know, but uh, it's, same- it's funny, Dave, that when I lived in Roswell, I never had any difficulty 
getting a signal. And I didn't have a major provider. I had a provider that borrowed a lot of, you know, the other towers and everything. Uh-huh. So that's rather interesting, uh, you know. And there is a, t- a tunnel network under the whole area there. Yeah, I believe it. I don't doubt it one bit. I was I the whole time we were there I thought we were standing on something, but you know, that that's probably my imagination running wild with me, but maybe not. No, there's uh, you know, when when you can see how the state of uh New Mexico and Arizona is laid out. I mean, it is it is a typical Masonic what do they call that? Uh, uh it's it's laid out just the way the Masonic order is and chances of that just being by coincidence, no. Right. No, but, I mean, my gosh, yeah. why the city's name truth and consequences? Why the? I remember the day you said, Jim, what you know what the next next nearest city is in Arizona? Babylon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was. Um, oh no, no, Baghdad. Baghdad, yeah. Arizona. It's yeah. like, oh come on, man, this is a bad joke. And nestled in the mountains of the uh, the Aquarian Mountains and a yeah. copper at a copper mine. Oh my gosh, no, this is. I mean, I can hear Rod Sterling. <laughs> yeah. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, oh no. Well, just like a whole trip, man. When when Eric and I went to in search of the fortress of Anu. Oh my gosh, that was just that whole trip was just surrealistic. Yeah, for sure. Incredible. Well, yeah, I want. The, I definitely want those uh, videos, Jim. So uh, yeah. shut up and take my money. <laughs> yes, right at, I'll be right on it, man. Yeah, I, I definitely want one of those because I, I, I want, I want that content because I want to go over it again. So yeah, yeah, especially your newer ones, like I need to go through again. So, well, you know, I, I did tell you you could post them on my Dropbox site, and nobody's going to mess with that. So, you know, they just click on the link and they, they can download it right from there. So. I've been having a horrible time. I've been working with one guy. Um, um, I've been working with him, but he's got a Dropbox thing, and half of the things I load up don't take. Huh. It'll take the really? file, but it won't, yeah, it won't show. It won't show any. It'll take the file, but it doesn't take the data. And so That's half weird. of everything that I've loaded up won't load up. So. I how to, how big is the capacity of the Dropbox? Because I know they they two might terabyte, have two terabytes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. two terabytes. Oh okay. yeah. Well, that yeah. should work. It should, take, yeah. it should take everything, but it's not. And then on Skype, I've never had problems. Like I have to load ten at a time, but as long as they download ten, then I can reload ten. Right. Half of them are taking. Huh. I've never had this problem before. I don't know. Huh. Your computer is cancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Google. Google has a D-Wave computer. That sucker got his to every damn thing. I'm not kidding you, man. I'm not kidding you. It gets to, I mean, I cannot, there's certain topics I cannot look at, or if I can look, I can't comment. Like the the things that you guys had um, on your day, yeah. on your uh, on your visual ones for uh, Opposing Matrix, I can go to it, I can see the uh, program, but I can't comment. It's a perpetual little circle that goes over, and it never clears so that huh. I can make a comment. I can't comment. It won't let me. Huh. This is That's not, weird. you know, it's not like, well, boy, that guy thinks he's so special. He thinks he's being, you know, no, I'm not. I have a lot of truth that now the D-Wave computer is not letting me get through. Huh. Now, I've got I've got another computer. I've got, I've got anonymity on everything and every way that it might able to work 
It's instead of Firefox, they got Waterfox. It's under the yeah, radar. Yeah, it's a good program. I love it. Right. Well, and I'm still kind of learning it. But right now, man, I'm, I got, this old noon will just can't learn too much new stuff all at one time. I'm learning WordPress because I got, I, I've got my website finally updated completely. It's just a matter of loading it. Right. Uh, it's already been integrated into a different file. I got the guy that, that redid my thing to make it user friendly for most of the format. All I got to do now is figure out how I put it in and it'll automatically detect it and it'll automatically present it. Now it'll be 21st century. Oh, Echo. Echoes of Enoch 2.0. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of dot zero one five or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not prehistoric dinosaur dirt. <laughs> yeah, but the, right. the content's good. Yeah, the interface is a little wonky, but um, but the problem is, is like it's like you said, you know, the vast majority of people are mobile mobile devices and mobile browsers, so your site doesn't work well under that constraint. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's, it's if you got a regular computer, yeah, it'll still work for the most part, but yeah, right, anything mobile that won't. It's yeah. smart. It's it's smartphone intolerant. I'm sure there may be some busted screens there where the people have taken their phone, you know. And <laughs> oh, uh, I was just going to mention, like on your on your current site anyway, like the 144,000, you've got 14,400 everywhere. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure everybody knows what you mean, but yeah, <laughs> not. Uh, I, I don't know if it's everywhere, but it's uh, in the one where you address the 144,000 uh, yeah. in there. It's it's mentioned uh, several times, but you know whatever. Yeah. Hey, with that in mind, um, you guys, uh, who wants to pray? We we really need to to go. We're kind of extended overtime. That's okay. It's 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 a good conversation, and everything. But you know, I I want to. I've got and I've got an obligation. I have to keep. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, um, Eric, you want to close this out? Sure, I can do that. All right. Sure. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for that we could uh, come and fellowship tonight, Lord. Um, I pray that you'd be with everybody that will have an opportunity to um, listen to this show and that they can glean um, the information that they need from you, Lord, uh, for the right time in the right place. And I pray that... Uh, you know, this will be a blessing uh, to everybody um, that will have an opportunity to hear it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, everybody, thanks, folks. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Okay. God bless. Yeah. Until next Monday. Until next right. Monday. We'll Who knows what the heck we're going to be doing then, but we'll figure it out. Yep. For sure. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, guys. Bye. God bless. All right. Bye.